What's up, everyone, and welcome to the Raised to Geek podcast, where geek is all we speak. This week, we finally get a chance to review Spider-Man No Way Home. And by we, I mean Chris. And uh, let's go. And we're back once again, episode 37 of the Raised a Geek podcast. I'm Chris. As always, I'm here with my buddy, Don. How are we doing, man? Chris, what is up today, my friend? Everything is pretty good, man. Here closing out 2021. 2021 is almost in the rearview mirror. Thank God. No. <laughs> is 2022 uh, going to be better? Yeah, exactly. Who knows? It's just going to be a repeat. Like 2020, 21, and 22 all just feel like they're just this uh, weird mishmash of the same year. I don't remember when is when. Like, I caught myself the other day talking about 2019 is like last year. I was like, no, that wasn't last year. That was like two years ago. But 2020 just seems like a lost year to all yeah. of us. Like, we all got blipped for a year pretty much. <laughs> uh but yeah no i'm good man i'm i'm good how are you how are you my friend not too bad not too bad just trying to get back into the swing post vacation Mm. back to work for a couple days but then now have two weeks of holidays and half weeks and people on vacation and all of those things so basically i'm just writing off the rest of the year and be like all right let's just prepare for next year do what i can to keep things going but i'm i'm done for the year (laughs) Yeah, dude, like I've said, this time between Thanksgiving and Christmas is almost just like a effort to everything, yeah. like work, all responsibilities. You're like, well, time isn't really real right now because it's like the Christmas season. Everything just seems like fake. So I totally get you. I'm on vacation this week. Uh, I'm not going anywhere. I'm just glad to not be at work for a week and just like chill. Having off uh, around Christmas is great because this is just seems like a stressful time for everybody so not having to go to work and be able to sleep is going to be great um and speaking of your vacation that is why if, listeners you may notice we did not have an episode last week uh because as we talked about before chris was in town in chicago where we're both from in to visit his family but uh, we also got to hang out a couple of times and man it was fun it was good to see you we uh made our way to c2e2 that was a lot of fun for us us and it was our buddy good to be Tony. back into the at a comic convention it's been yeah a little while i know you went to c2e2 that still happened last year right before everything shut down at the end of february or beginning of mm-hmm. march i can't remember exactly this time and then down here there was nothing i don't think there was anything all year so i didn't get a chance it's been since 2019 since i've been to yeah. a convention of any kind so it was really uh, uh cool to walk around and be with see the people again and just kind yeah. of be back in that setting. It's always fun to spend the day walking around, looking at the the art and the comics and celebrities. Basically, and... Yeah. Just being in a room full of people, not even a room, like a building full of people who are like, like-minded like you and just like the kind of, kind of, you know, stuff we like Yeah, that not everybody in our normal life is into. They're like, kind of write it off as like, Oh, you like that kind of stuff? Yeah, I do. And so do all these other thousand people. Yeah. Uh, so it's always great to be around those people, you know, no judgments, nobody's, you know, doing that, everybody just embraces their nerdiness and, and, uh, you know, 
cosplay and comic books and video games and all that stuff so i i love to be in there um it was it felt like kind of a down year from previous years but that's kind of just expected with the times you know not as many guests came not as much but there was still enough there where i felt like we had a, a fun day and man it was just fun to see you fun to be there right we just we decided to just hang out instead of worrying about recording and we didn't have we knew we were pumping up for spider-man and we're like what are we going to talk about we got you know, I was behind on Hawkeye. So we're like, you know what? Let's yeah. just go hang out at C2E2. Post some of those pictures over on our Twitter. So make sure you check that out. But yeah, you knew it was a down year when Hayden Christensen is one of the biggest celebrities that you have at your convention. Dude. You and, know he had long, and he had long lines. Like people really wanted constant. to see that. Man. Yeah. Constant. I, yeah. And they put him in the tent with the tarp. So you couldn't actually just sneak a peek. Right. Like it was him and John Cena were like the two big, big names and like their lines were equal. I was like, I kind of understand the John Cena thing. He's still a huge name. He's been in these movies. He's the big time wrestler. But Hayden Christensen, like, ooh, we really got some, uh, you know, prequel fans out here. Because besides that, like, what else has he done to merit that kind of, I don't know, longing you, to see? Can you even name another Hayden Christensen movie? I was just thinking that. And no, I cannot. <laughs> Absolutely not. I know him in nothing besides Star Wars. Is Has he been in anything besides Star Wars? I can think of two off the top of my head that I think he was in, because I think he was in that movie Jumper. Okay. You remember that being a movie? I'm, when you said People that, I just, tele- loop, I just thought of Looper. With, right. Uh, <laughs> it's a better movie to, to remember. Yeah. But there was that movie Jumper where that person could teleport. I remember hating it, but I'm pretty sure he was in okay. that. And I think he was in a movie with Paul Walker called takers that seems right it sounds right but i never saw it and i just feel like i remember seeing him so those two float in my head but i can't tell you anything about them or why and obviously they're not any movies that most people are going to even be like huh yeah i mean so totally yeah needless to say we did not wait in line for a, a hayden christensen autograph no, we weren't <laughs> autograph people. The only one I wish I would have done is I wish I would have got my picture with Bruce Leroy from The Last oh, Dragon. Yeah. <laughs> we walked in, we saw him sitting at his little table. He was taking selfies and we stared at him for a minute going, should we do this? Should we do this? Should we do he this? Like, we just walked in and he was playing the like theme song to the movie on his phone, just sitting on his desk, probably on repeat yeah. the entire day. I was like, that's so cool. He's just yeah. sitting right there. It was fun. Yeah. That was Making funny. it work outside the celebrity area. He didn't even get table at the autograph no. he was just he just had a booth table that, that was it that was fun and i wish yeah if it was later in the day i probably would have done it but just walking in the first thing you know you're hesitant of where you're going to spend your money or what you're going to do so right we had to take in the land first we, we could have circled back to him we probably should have but yeah. that was fun to see him that close and, and and when it really hit me was when i got home and i emptied out my pockets and i realized i still had a 20 and i was like that's what it costs to get a picture <laughs> I, I, I like had i subconsciously saved that money to get my picture with bruce leroy and i failed so you blew that was it. kind of a bummer you blew it. i blew it i blew it but it was a good time once again hang out with you guys see you guys see chicago be to a convention be around like-minded people it was a it was a great time so i don't regret skipping the podcast for a week sure me because neither. now we're coming back with spider-man spider-man, Spider-Man no way Spider-Man. yeah i saw it last night saturday night with the masses i saw it we're recording on sunday afternoon i'm pretty much back from the movies about maybe what two hours mm-hmm. so i'm fresh it's I'm fresh, fresh man. Baby. It's, like, 
It's like you just saw it. It's like you just left the theater. Pretty much just did. I came home, <laughs> I ate some food, put some notes together, finally was able to jump onto YouTube for a few minutes to, to check out some stuff. I've been internet free for three or four days now since Thursday, just to like full on blackout. <clears throat> That's that's the thing. Like I was thankful for that because, you know, I like getting on our Twitter and social media every uh, pretty much, you know, to see what's going on. But I'm like you, I've been avoiding Twitter like the plague because I know how people are in social media just in general. I'm so glad I did because, I mean, this movie's full of surprises. That's no surprise to anyone. No spoilers with that. But this movie is full of surprises that I'm glad I was able to um, not know ahead of time yes. or just maybe have an idea of but not know for sure and that idea you know got more solidified when i got home and got on to twitter after seeing this movie and that stuff's all over man it's all over the place is it like yeah it's it's you can't avoid it like you had to mute you basically have to mute the words spider-man no way home marvel everything to not see what's going on like people are just putting that stuff out already and don't care so i'm very glad i uh, did my little social media blackout it was well worth it yeah i know it was last week when the reviews started dropping just not even the reviews but like the twitter from like the critics right like wednesday night before the movie came out Mm -hmm. and or tuesday i think was when the embargo lifted or something so Twitter started and I ended up on there like looking through those and my brain kept going, Chris, what are you doing? Don't look at a dangerous game. Get off this. And I checked out something else and I was like, why am I here? What's happening? And I had to run away. I did get a text from one of my buddies yesterday or no Friday, Friday. And Uh he texted me saying booking Spider-Man. And I was like, no, no. (laughs) (laughs) You just hit the block collar button. Like, that's enough out of you, buddy. I'm not going like, to talk. I'll talk to you on Monday. <laughs> yeah, don't send me texts. So yeah. luckily, that's all he said. Yes. But it was, uh, which, you know, I was okay with that. I was okay with that. Yeah. But, well, now that, now that we've seen it, we have no fear. No fear. So we're good. Yeah, fearless. Fearless all the way. We are ready to talk about it. Before we do, we want to make sure you like, subscribe, and follow this podcast on all social media and podcast services so you don't miss an episode, so you don't miss an update. And if you want to join the conversation, make sure you like us over on Facebook at Raised a Geek, not Facebook, Twitter, over on Twitter uh-huh. at Raised a Geek, or shoot us an email at raisedageek at gmail.com. Those are the places. You know where to find us. We're ready to talk. Let's do it. Let's do it. Uh, so we're going to do this a lot like our Eternals review, if you guys uh, remember that. So we are going to try our hardest here to go spoiler free for a few minutes and just talk about some overall impressions of the movie, what we thought, um, kind of give you an idea of where the rest of the conversation is going to go. And then we'll give you guys a full spoiler heading um, right before we do the break. And then when we come back from that break, it's going to be spoiler, 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 spoiler. Um, and obviously if you want to know nothing, kind of like how Don and I went in, which I do highly recommend, it's always a good time to go in pretty much knowing nothing. You might want to pause us now, but if you want to stick around, we are going to do some spoiler free impressions right now. Let's go for it, buddy. We try real hard. See how this (laughs) works out. I don't know how to talk about this movie spoiler free. Well, we're going to try our best. Uh, but we can go off the trailer. So assuming you've seen the trailers, everyone. So 
trailers multiple sure Tra- trailer trailer information is up for grabs absolutely in this part so john <laughs> yes buddy i was up? gonna ask you i was gonna say the same thing i said in another episode and i feel like i'm retreading myself i was gonna be like so don you hated this right <laughs> same joke over again same joke over and over again uh, sure we got new listeners no man um you're gonna ask my overall thoughts spoiler free overall thoughts of spider-man is that where you're going yes i hated it no i'm just kidding i did not hate it <laughs> same joke again <laughs> uh man overall um i'll start by saying this is not a perfect movie no. but i loved it like to the point of glee in my heart i'm feeling still beaming with glee in my heart to this movie like i loved i just loved being there it was a two and a half hour ride of joy to me um that kind of met all my expectations and exceeded them um like i said it's not perfect but overall it is like the best time i've had in it for an mcu movie you know in a long time yes uh we talked about it i really enjoyed the eternals that was really fun but like this movie just like from start to finish i was just you know i had like this little kid smile on my face uh pretty much the entire time i just felt myself with a smile on my face and like there's points in this movie where i mean we'll get into it we're not talking about the spoilers yet but there's just points throughout this entire movie that just like make your heart sing if you're a fan of spider-man and like i would reach over to my wife and grab her arm like oh my god like what am i seeing um yeah man this is to me this is like a if you're a spider-man fan whether that be movies comic books video games this is like a spider-man fan's dream come true pretty much um and him being my favorite overall comic book character probably at the end of the day it's like pretty close between him and batman i know that's kind of cliche like that they're my two favorites but they're they're that for a reason yeah they're that for a reason and if if that's your thing if you're a spider-man person girl or boy man or woman if you love spider-man you're gonna love this movie i think i don't see how you could not um it just kind of gave us a little bit of everything um like i said we'll talk about some things that were you know some issues in there but man i loved it i just thought it was fantastic and it was a good it takes yeah it takes a long time to figure out like if you go through your marvel movies like oh what's the best what's my favorite what's the worst like i don't like doing those lists too much but when i do think about if i do think about it this is definitely is in my top five probably um it's my favorite of the spider-man mcu movies for sure um yeah man i just loved it what about you dude i hated it (laughs) i'm sorry (laughs) The uh, no, it was. I mean, echo what you said. It was. It was a good time. It was a. It was a fun roller coaster. They had a lot in there. I have to give kudos to Marvel for their marketing for this film because there's so much they could have done in the marketing to really try to get butts and seats, and they refrained from doing a lot. There was a lot of stuff that they could have um, done that they didn't. So I mean, I I felt I was really worried going in 
with the trailers that they gave us that I was going to have a better understanding. And I didn't, and I really mm. appreciated the things that they changed the things that were in marketing that wasn't in the movie and vice versa. There were, there were moments I noticed that they did change. So I thought that that was really good of them to be aware of that and really want there to be surprises in store for this movie, which is stuff we've talked about over and over on this is I hope they don't do this. And what if they do this? And what if they do that? And if you're a longtime listener of the show, you know, we've talked um, and a lot of our theories of this movie and a lot of our stuff, which we're not going to tell you in this section, whether or not any of it came true, but um, still it was just having these expectations and then them being able to step into this movie and for me to still be surprised and for me to uh -huh. still feel for these moments for moments that happen it was just i mean kudos to them for being able to pull that off in today's world with full spoilers and full um things so i just thought that was really awesome that they were able to refrain from that but yeah it's a great time and obviously if you're a fan of spider-man you've already seen it and you know what we're talking about <laughs> yeah and i'm i'm pretty sure most of you loved it too if you're a fan of spider-man um yeah, I'm with you on all the, all the surprises stuff. Uh, a lot of the stuff we know that they've been people have been talking about this movie and speculation for this movie for like months, if not longer. So we all thinking certain things are going to come true, but not having them confirmed, like you said, Sony and Marvel still being able to conceal some of the secrets and conceal the true uh, path, the plot this movie was going to take. Um, it is impressive that they were able to do that. And, you know, the movie you think you're going to get going in, you might have not necessarily gotten. And I think that's a good thing. I'm with you on that. Um, <clears throat> Spider-Man, as we've all known, Tom Holland's been our Spider-Man now. This is his third movie, probably fifth or sixth appearance because he's been in a couple other things. But, uh, I, man, I feel like he just keeps getting better and better at the role he's like growing into the role yeah and not even not even only just him like zendaya and and a lot of the supporting cast they just keep getting better and you can tell they're getting more comfortable in their roles and and the stuff is like more believable not even more believable but just like feels like now they're like seasoned vets at this and you know he he is he is a great spider-man to me he's a great peter parker and a great spider-man still to this day um and I just think he did a really good job and kind of with, with so much, so much other stuff going on, it's still like his movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? And uh, I really like that. I love, I love the kid as Spider-Man. I think he's great. Um, hopefully we get him for more going forward. We'll see, but uh, yeah, we'll yeah. see what their, their future plans are. One of the things that I thought was really impressive with this movie, and we've talked about it with other Marvel movies is the third act slump mm -hmm. you know or that mm -hmm. third act just kind of like drag or whatnot and this this movie the special effects the cgi for this movie was great mm -hmm. um and it didn't like all of the action scenes just really had a good pace to them nothing to overstate its welcome none of the action like all the action helped move the story along and it wasn't just there i watched uh venom let there be carnage last night and the whole Why? like yeah <laughs> um I wanted to see that post credit scene that everybody was talking about when that movie came out, which I didn't have spoiled for me. So that was cool. And really, I just because I knew I was going to see Spider-Man today, I was like, if it has anything to do with MCU no Spider-Man, I want mm -hmm. to watch it 
just to have it because it was sitting in front of me. So I was like, let's do this. But the movie, meh. but <laughs> that movie, like the third act, once they really got going was so just watching CGI. And I mean, I had the same problem with the original Venom. You just have these couple symbiotes and these things just smashing into each other and all this stuff going on on screen. I'm like, all right, I'm not, I, I unfocus on it and just like, Fast forward, I don't need to see it. So after 20 years of CGI monsters fighting each other, it still hasn't gotten any better. Yeah. And But then there are moments, and I mean, it helps when you have like Spider-Man who is at least the shape of a human, you know, <laughs> fighting. Right. You know, when you have human CGI, it, it goes down a little easier than when you have big creatures and monstrosities. But this movie, but regardless of any of that, the pacing for this movie in the action sequences is really good and they're you know the action that they had was was impactful to the story and everything which i thought was how it should be done and i hope more future mcu movies do that instead of yeah. just giving us the the black widow or the wonder woman or you know these just third act just fights cgi battle armies and stuff it just doesn't it's yeah. old. no i agree and I'll almost go, go as far as to say like the third act of this movie was almost its strongest mm -hmm. part of the movie, uh, which is rare. Like you just kind of talked about uh, where, where most of these Marvel movies fall apart in the third act. This movie, I feel like got strongest in its third act. Um, yeah. It moved like it should. It built act yes. one built into back two and you had each like a climax for each act and mm -hmm. you kind of hit your high of that act. And then it, went into the next act to go higher like you know a story should progress yeah definitely and and <clears throat> to also comment on the action which we we're talking about i feel like the action uh in this movie was it felt comfortable as a spider-man fan like oh i've seen spider-man do this before because how many spider-man movies have we had now but also like innovative in him doing new things that you haven't seen him do before um you know, that also comes along with him being this MCU Spider-Man having, you know, the Tony Stark suit and everything. So he's going to do these different innovative things. But a lot of it was like, you know, my eyes were just glued on the screen where he's fighting, you know, certain villains and 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 whatnot. Like, oh, man, this is this is great. This is fun. Um, so, yeah, I was a big fan of the action. Also, there, there was a lot of wrestling moves in the uh, choreography, a lot of power bombs and spears. <laughs> and I was just like, yeah. what is going on in this? It seems like, you know, when like a wrestler is in the movie and like the rock. Well, in all his early movies, it's like, well, he's got to do a rock bottom in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, you got to do their their signature move in the in the movie. And that's what it was feeling like. I'm like looking around. I'm like, I don't see Stone Cold Steve Austin. Why are people <laughs> doing power bombs and stuff? It's like, is John Watt a big WWE fan? He's got to be. He's good. Whoever did the choreography had to has to watch wrestling because yeah. there was a lot of wrestling moves in this choreography that I kept just catching while I was doing it. Spine busters and power bombs. And um, and it yeah. made it made it the action a little bit more smash mouth, which was good. And what I'm yeah. what I'm kind of praising on is having a different kind of action and choreography than your typical Marvel MCU, which I thought was really cool. So. Um, yes, Spider-Man. I mean, there's a reason Spider-Man makes all the money. There's a reason Sony and Marvel are sharing uh, Spider-Man rights because Sony had issues with their own thing, trying to get Spider-Man off the ground. And there's a reason because they make money and because Spider-Man is one of the most more fun franchises. You know, it's 
been around pretty much the longest outside of, I mean, Batman and Superman, but Superman has had hurdle after hurdle. Batman's the only one that kind of stays somewhat consistent with moving through, but Spider-Man's been around. I think they have more movies. They're more Spider-Man mm-hmm. movies than Batman movies. Probably have to count, but yeah, I would say so. I think so. Or they're pretty close. I mean, there's at least eight uh, solos and then count how many times you're putting MCU Spider-Man in an Avengers movie. So yeah, he's been, there's a lot. If not, it's close. So, I mean, there's a reason for it. It's just, it's a fun movie. And we're looking at the box office for the weekend. And I mean, this movie in a pandemic, or as it seems like we have an Omicron wave that's sweeping the Northeast and more up North and everyone's worried about COVID again. And it has, it got this weekend, the third highest grossing movie of all time third highest opening weekend that's not just pandemic numbers that's all time numbers all time yeah yeah the only movie that's higher than it yeah it seems impossible i didn't expect those numbers the only movies that were higher than it was endgame which ended Mm. up with like 300 and something or 400 million um i think i have that number here endgame and infinity war are the only movies that are higher than it everything else is uh yeah, it took out everything. It took out everything else. Took All the Star Wars else. movies, Titanic, everything. Um, and it really has to make you sit and wonder what this movie would have done in non-pandemic times. I feel like it probably would have blown past Endgame and Infinity War. If we're get, hitting these numbers in, in the, you know, the state of the climate of the world right now, just imagine what this movie would have done box office wise in like 2019 or before that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So. Yeah, you you would have had, yeah, I mean, because how many people didn't want to go to the theater still? Right. I mean, there are people that still don't want to go. I mean, I don't, I mean, opening weekend, MCU has been the only thing that's gotten me out to see a movie opening weekend in forever. The Matrix yeah. is coming out on Wednesday in a normal world. I would have, I'd be lined up to go see the Matrix in theaters and have my IMAX ticket already purchased. Am I gonna? No. Um it also helps Spider-Man, that it's on HBO Max. It helps that it's on HBO Max, but that would be if it was a different world, then it wouldn't be on HBO Max. So right. this is this is where we are. And you know, having having these couple years of movies being released differently, I've I've gotten used to it, you know. So I'm I'm yeah. cool with that. But I still added to the 253 million dollars it made in three days. 253 yeah. million on opening weekend. That's crazy. Yeah, that's insane. And that just speaks to what you were saying of like Kevin Feige. Kevin Feige and Amy Pascal got in a room together. Sony's got the rights. This is going back to before Homecoming. They're like, look, this is Spider-Man. We know you guys have the rights. You've made your movies with them. Um, But we have this way of making movies. And we have all these characters that we can take this this character and kind of insert them in and make them part of this. Uh, Look at our track record of these movies we make. We want to make a Spider-Man movie. We'll make it with you. We'll split the money. And that's like the smartest decision either company could ever made. It's like just smart business. And like they're proving it with this opening weekend. Like people want to see a Spider-Man movie, but people also want to see a great Spider-Man movie. Um, Marvel knows how they have, like I just said, the track record of these superheroes. Um, And Sony's just like, yeah, man, take us on this ride with you. We want to do it. Um, it's the win-win situation for both companies, I think. Um, 100%. And I'm just really glad they decided to go this route and that this movie exists. Yeah, this, this movie made $253 million this weekend. Shang-Chi 
number two at 224, and that was its lifetime. That's yeah. much the maximum gross of Shang-Chi in theaters was $224 million. Spider-Man made that in three days. Yeah. Yeah, man, it's wild. When you we look love. at the domestic box office for 2021, Spider-Man made it number one for the year in three days. Yeah, the world loves Spider-Man, man. And um, I mean, we'll also talk about the hype of this movie when we get into spoilers. A lot of the the uh, talk leading up to this movie, I'm sure, helped that box office number. Like if this movie was originally done as was planned before all this was able to happen, before all the you know extra stuff was able to happen, this was originally supposed to be a um, Craven the hunter movie the third spider-man was originally planned to be a craven villain movie and you have to wonder like would this would this movie have hit those numbers if it was a craven movie or did all the um you know extra stuff help out so i don't know people yeah, wanted I mean, to see what we never saw. know we'll have to yeah yeah you know bust into loki check out the multiverse and marvel what if this is marvel's what if the next episode is does, does Tom right. Holland's Craven movie make as much money? True, true. Um, you know, you gotta you gotta do something with Marvel's What If. Uh, season two's on the way, my friend. Oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> but you know what? Let's let's talk some spoilers, Don, because I think we've said about all we can say. So yeah. if you have not seen the movie or you don't want to be spoiled, give us a stop, give us a pause. We'll give you a second. We're gonna give you a break. A 40 second ad break here to uh, pause, come back when you've seen the movie, and then hit us up on Twitter at Raise the Geek to let us know what you thought and join in that conversation. But before we start spoiling everything, we want to let you know this podcast is sponsored by Anchor.fm. All right, Don, let's talk spoilers. Finally, here we saw Spider Man No Way Home. We haven't really been able to talk about it tonight or yet. I sent Don a text that said, Don't look at me, Don, because I know he saw it last night and I was going crazy. I was trying very hard to find <laughs> tickets last night to be able to go and see it anytime sooner. But one o'clock on a Sunday was my time. And uh, now let's, uh, let's dive right in spoilers. We both already kind of already talked to sum up our spoiler free conversation. We mm -hmm. both like the movie, but it wasn't perfect. So we're going to yes. get into some of those reasons. And then obviously we're going to have our speculation as to where we think we go from here, because as those of you've seen this movie already know that there opens, there's a lot of questions that need to be answered now coming out of this movie. So we're going to dive into the ones that we have and what we thought about those, whether they were good, bad, or ugly. So spoilers starting now, last chance to get out. We're going to give you three seconds. One, two, three. All right, you, you still here? That means you saw it. That means you saw it. Let's talk about or it. Or you don't care, and we're just going to spoil the <laughs> shit out of it. Yeah. Oh, man. To start, I kind of like that this movie, I do like that this movie started like immediately after Far From Home. Yes. Um, and I think that didn't Far From Home start immediately after Homecoming, too? I'm pretty sure there wasn't a gap there either. I don't think I might, so. I might have to go back and look, but uh, yeah, man, it kind of just throws us right into the fire of how far from home ended with that huge ending there of, you know, Mysterio kind of manipulating things and making it seem like, you know, he was killed by Spider-Man 
and uh, Spider-Man's a villain and setting up the whole world to hate Spider-Man. But the big thing is he finally says, you know, the true identity of Spider-Man is Peter Parker at mm-hmm. the end of that movie. And that's just like the oh shit ending of cliffhanger in that movie. And that's kind of where we're starting from right here. Um, so, yeah, man, we're just getting right into it. Yeah, um, it just yeah, it just went, and the movie pretty much just went from there. Like its movie did not slow down. It slowed down when it needed to. You had mm-hmm. your big key moments were of drama, and they really I thought did a good job of holding out on some of that stuff as long enough so it didn't feel like characters moving on too fast for things. But for the most part, that movie moved at a very swift pace for being two and a half hours. Yeah, it definitely did, and um, just to kind of like reiterate on the beginning a little bit i always have a feeling of uneasiness when a character's secret identity is revealed to Mm -hmm. like people it's not supposed to be revealed to like the Um, world like the world when when people find out who batman is it always makes me uneasy they find out he's bruce wayne same thing with peter parker i hate it like i just don't like it it makes me feel like well now everything's ruined everything's messed up like no one's supposed to know um but I should have learned my lesson through all these Spider-Man and Batman movies through the years, like how many times they freaking take their mask off and like people just know their identities. Uh, And that's like basically the theme through this whole movie is identities, identities, who knows the identity and like everybody knows the freaking secret identities all the time. So the real question is what is the point of secret identities anymore? Um, Except to protect like your loved ones. But besides that, just no more secret identities because they just cause problems. This whole movie is caused by this whole movie is the problems come from a secret identity. Um, but I didn't you go ahead. I was gonna say, and a kid who doesn't know how to deal with it, right? Right, because I think an adult, someone more mature, somebody with more world experience could have handled this whole situation differently. But Peter handled everything very much like a high school kid, which I thought was good. And then especially to see the growth by the end of the movie of the character, it really was a very good cap to this trilogy. Yeah, but I was just thinking, man, I'm actually just thought this right now. What is the point of Spider-Man's secret identity in the MCU? Because there's so many heroes in the MCU in Marvel who have no secret identity. Like right in the beginning of Iron Man, the last scene of Iron Man, Tony Stark is like, I am Iron Man. Yeah. You're like, well, there's no secret identity issue there. Uh, I mean, Steve Rogers ran around the entire, his entire time in the MCU. Everyone knows Steve Rogers is Captain America. He's not worried about criminals coming after and killing, you know, his loved ones. So like, does the whole anybody I- in the Avengers have? Does anybody in the MCU have no. a secret identity? No, he's the only one. Spider-Man is the only one. And it's because in the comics, he's a secret identity guy. But once you start putting all these characters together, he should be like, I'm an Avenger. I'm safe. My family's safe. I could put them in the highest room in the Avengers Tower. I could put, you know, Aunt May up there and she'll be fine. What am I worried about secret identities for? Um, it may just be like you said, because he's a high school kid and he needs to preserve that and wants to live a normal life when tony stark doesn't care about a normal life he's just like the richest man in the world so what does he care but it gets kind of weird that he's so worried about a secret identity and the world is so worried about his secret identity yeah i i understand that and i think that that comes into and it actually i think that idea right there is what i'm excited about for the future 
coming off of this movie, which I'll get to when we get towards closer towards the end of the movie. But I think that, you know, it goes back to the street level, the street mm-hmm. level hero. Superheroes are always the one that usually have secret identity, the daredevils, Spider-Man, Batman, you know, the ones that are kind of more dealing. I mean, Superman, I guess, always has his Clark Kent super identity. But you know what I mean? Like those those down and dirty street level heroes always seem to be the ones that have those secret identities because they can't protect their families that way. And so Spider-Man is that in essence. But yeah, this version of Spider-Man being an Avenger and dealing with all that stuff definitely does play a thing in that where you could look at that and go, I think the Spider-Man got too big to be Spider-Man. <laughs> right. Yeah. Cause MCU Spider-Man's been dealing with big time stuff maybe until this movie, but like, he's always been dealing with situations that are huge, like much bigger than him. Mm-hmm. You know, he's in freaking outer space fighting Thanos yeah. <laughs> as, as a high school kid. Um, so yeah how important whole... yeah how important is the secret identity to him but i digress i know they had to kind of do it for that's, this that's, um... that is spider-man spider-man right. is his secret identity and nobody knows Correct. who it is and but Correct. yes it was it pushed this whole movie forward i mean this whole movie wasn't gonna yeah this movie is about secret identities like his secret identity being revealed and how it's affecting his life and um how it's making him feel how it's affecting his friends um because in the trailers we've all seen he goes to Doctor Strange to get his get the world to forget who he is. And we kind of learn in this movie the reasons are his friends are being punished for for his just knowing him, yeah. For just knowing him, for helping him. You know, the the college they all want to get into, MIT won't accept any of them because they, you know, just want to be away from that drama of the whole Spider-Man thing. So MJ and Ned are both being affected, and that's really hurting peter and he he he's going to find a way to get this reversed so we do move pretty quickly into the sanctum santorum stuff mm-hmm. which is good because some of that beginning like i don't know it was just kind of like okay you know what i mean the first there, few scenes if there was a spot that the movie could what really kind of did start to drag a little bit was in the just really the opening right it was right. just kind of like okay i see where you're going let's get there yeah he's walking through high school everybody's filming him all the kids you know want to want to look at him and be around him and he's like the quote he said it multiple times like i'm the most famous person in the world right now but i'm still broke and uh i don't know i did love uh hannibal burris sitting there saying you killed mysterio (laughs) (laughs) right he was like a mysterio stand mysterio was right yeah it was it was cool that they got those three to at least have a scene in the movie hannibal burris jb smooth and uh Martin Star. Martin Star, yeah, because they've been in all the movies. So at least to give them a scene was nice. Those dudes were the highlight of Far From Home. Those dudes were hilarious oh, yeah. in that movie, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, I agree. So it was nice to get them in a scene. But like I said, we do move pretty quickly into the strange stuff. Um, he goes to the Sanctum Santorum in New York, found it. It's it was funny when those doors opened and I was looking around, I was like, it just dawned on me the sanctum santorum is just like on a regular street in like new york just sitting there like how do you feel if you're one of the neighbors just like i live next to the sanctum santorum where all this weird mystical shit and monsters happen all the time yeah it's a target uh, yeah right it's it was funny to me like i don't want to live here anymore i'm not pay- <laughs> like Yo, some real weird estate- shit can happen in this building at any time yeah real estate around that building has to be super cheap 
Right. Oh, I don't want to live next to Dr. Fucking Strange. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Why would you? It's like living next to, you know, Stark Tower or, you know, yeah. Avengers Tower. You know, you're just like, well, you know what? It's a target for aliens to come try to blow up. So, right. I'm going to, I'm going to go move down the street. Yeah, man. All right. I, I just, I thought that sitting in the theater, that's funny. But, um, yeah, then then the trailer stuff we saw in the trailer starts happening. You know, he needs Strange's help to make people forget. And wait, wait, wait. you yes. skipped the part. What did I skip before when Peter was trying to figure out what he's doing and his life is falling apart? And we had the MCU debut of Matt Murdock. Oh, shit. How could I forget that part? I don't know, man. Yeah, yeah. I threw my arms in the air and, and yeah. cheered, you know, because I, that one caught me. I know that that was rumored that we were going to have Charlie Cox reprising his role of Daredevil in this movie and that mm-hmm. he would could potentially be Peter Parker's lawyer. And that happening was amazing. Like, I love seeing Charlie Cox as just repri- just knowing that we're going to get more Daredevil in some way with charlie cox is just a great feeling i mean he was he was a great daredevil yeah as soon as i saw his the sightseeing cane just hit the ground i was like yes uh my brain screamed and i grabbed my wife's arm and it's like hold me no but uh yeah, I threw my yeah arms that was in the a air. great i was like oh. that was a great moment just i know felt- it was rumored yeah. yeah it was rumored but it was great to see with your own eyes um yeah, man, it was amazing. I kind of wish he would have had more to do in the movie besides yes. just a five-minute scene. I'm not necessarily looking for him to be Daredevil in this movie because I know that is yet to come, and you know I'll be patiently awaiting that. Yeah, but it is just fun to see him um, and know that he exists. And yes, we have not had our Hawkeye Part Two episode yet. That'll be coming on our next episode when we finish that show. Um, but we can just kind of nah, we won't talk about it, but we have someone else from the Netflix world appearing. So they're not like coming now. They're coming now quick. They're coming quick. Uh, man, it's it's cool to just have the Netflix Marvel world kind of starting to integrate into the MCU. And it makes you wonder what they're really what their stance with these characters are going to be like, do they have the exact same history that we've seen? Like, are you going to have to have watched daredevil season one, two, three to know what Matt Murdock is going to do next, or are they going to kind of take liberties and, um, you know, make them fresh and new. I don't think you're going to need to watch those shows to really understand. Cause I don't think they're going to go too deep into the history outside of maybe basic. Um, they might be on Disney plus might get throw down a daredevil like legends episode that maybe might fill in those gaps. But I just don't think if you're not going to continue those stories and especially if you're not going to have many more characters come back, I just don't think there's a lot of backstory you need outside of the origin, which they can do in their own ways. Yes. And tell those stories some other way or, you know, do something else. I don't, I don't think they're going to be mandatory viewings for what okay. those characters are going to be. I think they're, I, I don't think so, but I've watched them. So I'm cool. <laughs> yeah. I was, I was going to say it's, it won't be a problem to me either way. Um, if they retcon them a little bit or not, or make them a little more MCU centric. It is interesting too, that, we all knew going into this movie, it was going to deal with multiversal stuff because yeah. of Dr. Strange. 
Um, but these characters coming in, they're not they're not multiversal characters. They're they're basically saying these characters have been here. Yeah. Like Matt Murdock has been here in this world. This is just the first time you're seeing him. So yeah, because even on those shows on Netflix, they talked about the Battle of New York. They talked about they right. they they referenced things that were happening in the MCU. They just were in their own little corner of it. Right. Unaffected. They've kind of been in there. They've kind of been in their own bubble to the side. And now we're just going to integrate them a little bit, whether you have to change them a tad or not. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, man, I'm I'm just super happy. And that was that was one of the there's many events in this movie. And that was the first one where it was just like, a, oh, shit, I'm so happy moment. Uh, <laughs> and as you can tell, since Don skipped that part, there's a ton more to come, you know, and there was yeah. so much stuff in this movie that you had to go back and remember that Matt Murdock yes. was in this movie because it was so quick in the beginning of the movie that it's so easy to just be overhyped, hype it over, you know, and not even remember that it happened, but it did guys. It did. It did. It did. And it was glorious. Um, so now I guess we can go back to the Sanctum Santorum. There you, go. there you go. We got Doctor Strange, which we all knew was very heavily involved. He kind of like takes the role of the Avenger in, in Peter Parker's life now that Tony Stark is gone. So he's the Avenger and, and them talking, um, you know, Doctor Strange has a respect for Peter because he even told him, you know, we save the world together. You don't have to call me, sir, uh, which was kind of a running gag throughout the whole movie. But um. Yeah, what did you think of these the the scenes with Doctor Strange and then kind of doing the spell to make to make Peter wanted the world to forget that he was Spider-Man. So that's kind of what we started doing here. What did you feel about those scenes? I liked it and I liked that it was more than the trailers gave. Like mm-hmm. the trailers let you gave you that basic idea, but there seemed to be a lot more to it when you saw the full scene play out where he was you know, casting plenty, multiple spells because Peter kept trying to change it. And it, it wasn't just, I don't know, I didn't, the trailer gave me a different impression as to what actually was going on with the spell a little bit. It seemed like, you know, Peter just kind of kept having him like Dr. Strange kept layering on because Peter wouldn't stop talking. I always thought just Peter talking would had him changing the spell, which I always thought was kind of hokey. But Dr. Strange trying to just keep accommodating this child who can't make up his mind ever who knows him and who doesn't and just really didn't yeah. like the idea of nobody remembering he was Spider-Man. Yeah. And that's one thing like that kind of bothered me about this scene is all the troubles just starts and is because Peter is just such like a goofy teenager and wants weird stuff. Cause he's a young kid and like Dr. Strange is accommodating him and doing it. I don't know. I feel like Dr. Strange would have just been like, no kid, shut up. We're just doing, we're doing this and quit talking. You're messing me up. Like, but he kept saying yes and changing it. Um, Because Peter's thing is he wants the world to forget that he is Spider-Man. But then he's like, oh, wait, I need, I need MJ to remember. Oh, wait, I need Ned to remember. Wait, I also need May to remember. And it clearly is like, what causes all the problems in this entire movie this scene is what causes all the problems why couldn't peter just be like okay everyone forgets and then i'm just gonna go tell mj ned and may later you know what i mean yeah like um i didn't get that part and like it just made me be like peter shut up you're being stupid like you're causing all these problems just let everyone forget and then 10 minutes after you leave the sanctum santorum just go tell Hey MJ, guess what? I'm Spider-Man. 
hey ned i'm spider-man hey may i'm spider-man and then he's got the three people he wants to remember to remember and we wouldn't have had any problems movie's over you know what i mean yeah but he didn't know that he was gonna mess up the spell yeah i mean dr strange could have been like dude no and just ignored him but yeah it just you know was one of those things because i think he was going to keep piling on you know hey well happy needs to know and i want the avengers to know and because even that was what threw him off when strange told him well it was good nice knowing you because i'm not going to remember who you are and he was like wait what so he yeah. was just seeing his whole life change and yeah as a teenager you're just like wait i can't i can't handle all of this and because of that the entire mcu is now screwed yeah I get it. I get it. I get why I they had to do it. You well, wouldn't have this, had a movie without it, but it but just kind of was like, oh, was, God. This movie, it was filled with moments to take Spider-Man or take this version of Peter Parker to the next level. And it was made to, you know, go from kid to man. You know, he was Spider-Boy really at the beginning of this movie, and he was Spider-Man by the end. And we really got to see that growth that this character, this is the first movie that this character really had hardships, like real shit happened to this kid in this movie. And th- we've never seen this Peter Parker have to go through things like this. You know, we've seen the other ones. We've seen Tobey Maguire with Uncle Ben. We've seen Andrew Garfield with Uncle Ben and Gwen Stacy and deal with shit. This Peter Parker, we ne- he hasn't dealt with anything. Right. We don't which is know at the heart of which is at the heart of a Spider-Man character is he has to yeah. deal with really hard things. Loss. And right. he's never done that. And he's always just kind of had it like going. I mean, if you think of this, he became Spider-Man, but then he was immediately given Tony Stark's keys to the locker of amazing gadgets and stuff. So he never really wanted for anything. He always was able to get what he wanted. Like he was a very spoiled. Sure. spider-man you know and so that's why i imagine him just saying oh no do this and do this and do that and do that and they cater to him and now he you know he actually felt responsibility in this yeah. because of that so i mean yeah i yeah obviously dr strange should have shut him down but well that is one thing with this spider-man mcu spider-man is tom holland no matter how much it pisses me off when he does make the stupid mistakes and like, you didn't have to do that. You didn't have to do that. Why'd you do that? Every time he does do something stupid, he always like does what he has to do to fix it. Mm-hmm. Like he's, he's that kind of heroic, even though he's young, he, he knows like, this is my fault and I have to fix what I did. Yeah. So that's, that's, prevalent in this movie as well so i can i can accept it but i just at the moment had a time just in my head like dude oh, yeah. shut up shut like up. you don't yeah. have to just be... shut up just shut yeah. up <laughs> yeah yeah just figure it out after the fact but right and we'll go into some of those repercussions here in a minute but um i it was a it was a cool plot line that did a lot of cool things that i never thought i would see this movie i could never have imagined this movie ever existing and I yeah. even had a hard time imagining it existing just coming off of the rumors. And now that I've seen it, I can't believe this movie exists. <laughs> yeah. And that, that'll bring us to, you know, the, the supervillains to start. Uh, Cause they're, you know, the first ones in when Peter does all this stuff, um, it causes multiversal problems and it's fun getting into this multiverse stuff. Uh, it's, it's things that were revealed to us in the trailer some most of it so one has to wonder how would you have felt if some of these reveals were about to get next like you didn't see coming 
if if it would have been amazing like i right. really wish i could have watched this movie without knowing anything like yeah. i really wish i could have um i even feel bad for telling the people that probably could have been able to watch this without knowing mm-hmm. i feel bad telling just even talking about it over the last year i wish i would have said anything because just that idea of being able to watch this completely fresh would have been amazing and being able to just walk in and not knowing what i was getting myself into yeah would have been I mean, yeah, man. I I saw a thing the other day from Tom Holland, like in some interview, he was saying the original marketing plan from Sony and Marvel was to not reveal any of that, to not have Doc Ock in a trailer, to not have Green Goblin in a trailer. We eventually got Electro and Saint. We got them all in a trailer. All the villains, we got them all. Um, and they just, it was kind of just like a, a result of all the pressure they started feeling. I I guess. They just had to put some stuff out there because people were digging and pushing too hard. Uh, but it just makes my mind think about what if none of that would have been revealed? Like every moment on the bridge would have just been another mind explode moment. You know what I mean? The first time Octopus's Doc Ock's arms came up, I would have lost it. Like if that would have been my first time seeing that. And then, you know, shortly thereafter, after their epic fight, you got the Green Goblin bomb coming down on the thing. If if I wouldn't have known that that was coming in this movie, I probably would have just fainted in the scene. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Dude, and uh, you know, you know who you have to thank for all of that, right? What's that? Alfred Molina. I know. He's yeah. the first one that opened his mouth. He is. No one would have well, ever thought that in a million years if he wouldn't open his mouth. Really, Jamie Foxx was Jamie the first Fox one. Did too. Was he the first one? Jamie Foxx was the first one. Yeah. Um, yeah. There there could have been a strong edict from the beginning from them. Like, guys, we are not talking about this movie. You have nothing to do with this movie. You're not even going to talk about it. No one ha- would have had any reason to even ask them about it. Nope. If it would have just been like in the vault from day one. I know we can't go back in our time machine and fix any of this. We don't have a time stone to go change it. But that's I just think of the way it could have been um but right here right now while we have witnesses as we're doing this if for whatever reason i end up with amnesia and i can't remember this movie that's the first thing you need to ask me hey chris how you doing do you remember spider-man no way home be like what's that no first of all i'd have to ask you if you remember me and (laughs) that's true (laughs) but find out where am i now after after we reintroduce each other to each other yeah. Find out if I remember how much Spider-Man I remember and then show me this movie. Hopefully I remember everything except for this movie. This, up until it's, this one. It's very selective amnesia, but if that weird thing situation happens, make me watch this movie. Yeah. And if you don't remember any Spider-Man movies, I'll be like, hey, dude, I got a fun 30 hours for you right now. Let's start at the beginning. <laughs> yeah, but you have to give me breaks so I can appreciate it more. Okay. Otherwise, this is like watching the Deadwood movie right after watching the show, and you're just like, man, everyone got old. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway. Anyway, yeah. So we did get that fun bridge scene where, you know, Peter's trying to get back into MIT or get, actually, he's not trying to get himself back in. He's trying to get MJ and Ned in, and, you know, his spider sense starts going. I liked the spider sense in this movie was used more because he hasn't really done much with the spider sense, and that's like one of spider-man's main powers and they did reference that a lot more in this even though it's not like you know you don't have the wavy lines that you got in comic books or video games when it's happening but they did try to 
put a little bit more of a spotlight on yeah this is one of his abilities he has a spider sense the, the peter tingle peter tingle yeah they don't call it a spider sense. <laughs> I, think, I don't think tingle. they called it spider sense in this entire movie it was always the tingle yeah yeah uh it was the tingle he felt the tingle and gets the serious look on his face and you know like we just talked about doc ock's arms start coming up the scene didn't hit as hard because we knew it was in the trailer, but it still was fun. I still oh, really it was a fun it. action sequence between the two of them fighting with the cars and Doc Ock throwing stuff around and yeah. Spider-Man trying to save civilians. I mean, it's it's classic Spider-Man. Yeah, dude, it was just great to see Alfred Molina back in action uh, with the octopus arms. And, you know, that that movie, Spider-Man 2, has some of the best fight scenes um you know hero versus villain scenes ever it's just fun to see doc ock fight spider-man that's a great just battle however you want to slice it oh yeah that fight they had in that movie in the bank with the bank vault and the throwing the coin bags and running up buildings that that i mean that's classic it's great anytime you fight him in a video game in the spider-man video game it was fun uh in the comics and the cartoons it's always a fun doc ock versus spider-man is a classic battle so that was that was great um and it was just funny how this one ended because he's got the uh, Tony Stark costume with all the tech that, you know, Spider-Man 2, Spider-Man didn't have any of that. So he just kind of took over Ox arms and was like laughing about it. I was like, oh, my God, this is so funny. It was funny. He took over his arms like, well, well, I was dying. That was so <laughs> yeah. funny. Yeah, he was like, this isn't the same Spider-Man you remember. Uh, that was great. But then I don't, I still don't really know exactly what happened because then it's like they did the tease of the goblin coming. You heard the laugh. You basically saw what was in the trailer with the bomb and the laugh. Mm -hmm. And then they just kind of did a screen wipe and everybody was in the Sanctum Santorum. Yeah. What I kind of got from that is just strange, I guess, intervened and kind of transported Ock into his cell and Peter down there to like get them free. Yeah. That's what I got from it. Yeah. It was a little kind of an awkward transition. It was a really awkward transition. And then like, why did he take both of them? And there was another dude coming and there was another explosion. Like there were still things going on on that bridge. So yeah. Like how many people died on that bridge now without Spider-Man being there? How many people did Goblin kill? Yeah. Like know? what happened on that bridge after that? Like it just was a weird, just wipe. And they, you know, oh, I'm, I'm somewhere else now. And I'm just like, what the hell just happened? Yeah, I figured yeah. it means Strange just teleported him or did something stupid, but it was weird. It was weird. Um, I agree with you there. And, and then we kind of just started introducing these Sony villains one by one. You know what I mean? Yeah, because um, Strange already had the lizard. Strange already had the lizard, which... I don't know. This is my question to you. It's been a while since I've seen Amazing Spider-Man, which was the lizard was the villain in that one. Did he talk in that yeah. movie? He did. OK, God, it's it's been a while since I've seen that, because when he started talking in this movie, I was like, he don't he doesn't talk. But I guess I'm wrong. It's been years since I've seen that movie. Yeah. I'm, um, yeah. I know. By the end, he was talking. OK. OK. Well, then forget I just said anything, but it, I thought that was weird. I was like, I don't think he was talking. Yeah, it was the same thing with Sandman never being Sandman. Like right. you never saw, and well, I mean, I guess at the end, but I mean, he was always CGI. Mm-hmm. You can you could hear Thomas Hayden Church's voice, and you obviously saw him, but he you never actually just saw the human version. They always kept it as sand until the well, end. Part, part of me wondered while watching this movie if they actually he was going to be in this movie or if it was just going to be CGI. 
And I was like, did they even get Thomas Hayden Church for this? Or is it just like a sound alike? You know what I mean? It could have been. Yeah, I don't really know. Because, I mean, realistically, what he looked like at the end, that could have just been pulled from Spider-Man 3. Right. And just dropped in there. I, You know, they could have just pulled that whole thing. I have no idea if he was actually, if he actually did any work to be in this movie. Yeah. No idea. I don't even remember seeing his name in the credits. So, yeah. I have to go Um, back and look. I didn't see him. They didn't give him... They didn't give him credits. They didn't. And he was just kind of a, they had to pick somebody from Spider-Man three to be in. And you knew they weren't going to do Toffer Grace Venom. Or James Franco. They, or yeah. Or James Franco. So he was the choice. Um, yeah. That was a little strange. Yeah, man. But we totally got all this. Most of the Sony villains. Um, At least one. Forever Oc, movie. Goblin, Electro, Lizard and sandman um yeah what did you think did you the villains here like was there a favorite or did anybody not work for you or what what no i think everybody was fine i mean sandman to me is always the um spider-man 3 is the um for the most part i mean it's it is it has its own level of entertainment but it's you know, there and Sandman was always a weird once for me. So, I mean, I could have done, he seemed a little wishy-washy as well. Like, Hey, Peter. And once he realized it wasn't his Peter Parker, then he was like, Oh, I'm a bad guy again. And you're like, well, right. But, right, which right. he flip-flopped whether he was good or bad and Spider-Man three as well. So, I mean, it's to character at least, but I mean, I Sandman really didn't do anything for me one way or another, but he still was fine in this movie. It was still cool to see him and to see sure. that and to give, uh that universe yeah like you said tried tried to pull a villain villain from every movie so yeah you made a little nod towards spider-man 3 at least with that guy you know because it does exist and is a thing whether you love it or hate it most people hate it understandably i do too but you had to give a little nod to that movie too be like it existed it happened so here's sandman um no but i thought they i thought they worked i liked the touch-ups that they did i liked this being a different version of electro which was cool. Okay. I like. I never really minded Blue Electro. I thought he was a fun, cheesy villain, and uh, you know, felt very classic, I guess, in a way. So, I mean, for and Jamie Fox, I think, just owned it. So, I was kind of cool with what they did. But this was cooler. Yeah, I, I liked and this so, Electro, and I liked that he got a chance to be Electro. Yes, I agree. Um, they definitely improved on electro. I'm, they explained away the blue a little bit. So that was, that was good. My only issue with electro is, and we're kind of going to jump around a little bit now. I know we're going in order, but we're just going to jump around. There's a point in this movie where spider or Dr. Strange says all these villains who've returned are people because they knew Spider-Man's identity. Mm -hmm. Is that not what he said? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Electro never knew Spider-Man's identity. They even talk about, they even, well, I don't want to get to it yet, but watch Amazing Spider-Man 2. He never knew who Spider-Man was. So why was he included in the group of villains who got dragged in? That's kind of a plot hole to me a little bit. Um, Because that was strange said, like the people who are here are who know who Spider-Man is. Now, I saw someone's explanation for that. Okay. Which Let comes from it. the possibility that this electro that got pulled over wasn't necessarily from 
the year in which we saw like this could be a later electro where he did learn peter parker's identity so it, just because it didn't happen in that movie doesn't mean it didn't technically happen i have a rebuttal for that yeah but i can't get to it until we talk about <laughs> something else so oh uh, yes and i know i know where you're going okay. with that but yeah and I have a rebuttal for that as well, because they said the same thing. But on this Ooh, video, a rebuttal for my rebuttal. A rebuttal for a rebuttal. <laughs> but um, we're still keeping spoilers close to the chest. <laughs> Why? I don't know. I don't either, but I feel the same thing. I just don't <laughs> want to say it out loud yet. Um, but no, yeah. I, I, I enjoyed. Yeah. And, and Will, Willem Dafoe just knocking it out of the park. Him coming in and being oh. like the main villain and really jumping all into that role again. And he just looked and oh God, it just he that dude is just a beast of acting. Oh, yeah. Just whatever, dude. He just does monologues and just he's honestly one of the, like the best actors in the world. And he gets no credit for it because everyone just expects him to just be awesome. Yeah, and I did want to talk about Willem Dafoe for a, a minute because I was saving him and um, Alfred Molina. Just Alfred Molina to me was cool in his fight with spider-man and when he was a bad when he was still evil he was great as soon as spider-man like quote-unquote cured him which was his plan to do for these villains i feel like he didn't get enough after that and he kind of got maybe i don't want to say wasted but i feel like they could have maybe done more with doc ock yeah um but i still liked him a lot in this movie they, they did more with him than i thought they were gonna yeah yeah i hear you um i would have liked to see him as bad doc ock a little more i know we made a prediction in one of our previous episodes that he might not be a villain and that turned out to kind of be true yeah he kind of turned out to end up being on the good side um i would just like to see a little more with like evil doc ock but anyway that's just a small complaint but to talk about willem dafoe i totally agree with you he is a beast he totally just owned this movie he owned every scene he was in like his green goblin was almost more brutal and visceral than he was in that first movie and just like the choices they made with him were great i thought i was gonna hate him not having his classic outfit but they almost made him look cooler oh god yeah with like the his fucking hoodie wrapped around his head the hoodie, and hoodie? The purple and the green yeah, yeah and and the goggles and you finally get to see the man's face and that is the scariest thing about his norman osborne is his facial expressions and his crazy crazy smile and laugh and like you finally get to see the man's face when he's fighting and like there's a scene in here where he's fighting where him and to- uh tom holland spider-man are fighting each other in the building when they're like smashing each other through all the floors and man just some of the some of the fighting in there was just insane and the scene that's just gonna stick in my brain is when tom holland is like punching the shit out of him on his shoulders and like willem dafoe is just smiling through it and laughing through getting punched and you just see his face and he just looks maniacal i was like dude this guy was born to play this role and this is perfect i love that he doesn't he's not wearing that I mean, it's a classic mask. I love it for nostalgia purposes, but not having him in that and just having his face front and center was a brilliant choice. And I thought perfectly done. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. I I was a little nervous when he kind of was there and he first showed up and then he uh, broke the mask. And I'm like, oh, what are they going to do? And then they kind of had him be Norman Osborn again and went and found Aunt May and did all that stuff. So I was kind of sitting there going, okay, is he going to be the 
good guy one that we kind of speculated that Doc Ock was going to be. And um, I thought that was cool, but I didn't know where we were going with this. But yeah, then to see him do the full turn, like full on turn and yeah, the hoodie. Yeah. I mean, the colors that, I mean, that just having that goblin is it's a version of goblin we never saw, you know, with the hood and everything. So yeah. And, and Willem Dafoe was just the man. So I had no complaints at all. I was, he worked better than almost any other one. Yeah, man. And when he made that switch, when he made that switch from like Norman to Green Goblin after, you know, Tom Holland, Peter or Spider-Man. Yeah. Tom Holland, Peter um, had his Peter Tingle going. I guess his Peter Tingle was going just because of Norman's bad thoughts. I don't know. He could like I don't know what was in his hand if he was about to do blow something up or do something. Yeah. But just like as soon as he switched back to green goblin and he started using that goblin voice again, it just like gave me all the, the feel. I had my own Don tingle going on <laughs> when that was happening. Just like, man, it just took me back to a place. Like this guy is so good at this. Like this is yeah. the role he was. No one else could do this. Like he's perfect at this. He had the voice, uh, same voice from the movie, from the original movie. And it's just like, say what you want about that he overacted it or he was over cheesy to me he was perfect in that and he did it again he like perfectly recreated it 20 years later which is amazing to me yeah not many people can jump back into these roles yeah you know after 20 years and say okay go do that again right i mean we all watched be cool trying to watch john travolta be uh (laughs) right chili chili palmer yeah, he was amazing and get shorty. It'd be cool. Now nah, he couldn't do it anymore. So mm-hmm. he couldn't hit that same thing. So it's yeah, just one it's, of those it's things. Definitely, it's a feat in itself. Him being able to do that. You know, he gets all the flowers. He gets the bow standing ovation for his, for his por- portrayal as Norman Osborn again, because it was fantastic. And he did turn out to be the big bad of this movie. And it's, and it was great. I yeah. loved it. It was, yeah, it was great. And that was one of the things we talked about, like who, who's going to be, they they didn't give that away. You know, you never saw Willem Dafoe in a trailer. You didn't know how big he was going to be in this movie. So just the fact that they were able to hide how important he really was going to be was, was great. Totally. I'm, I'm, I loved it. Yeah. So, I mean, the villains all worked. I, I, I liked the ones that they gave the redemption to, you know, and being able to kind of give all of these characters a, an upgrade, give all of these characters a little bit of more closure, give all these characters, you know, something. And then once again, at the same time, we were building off of Peter and his ability to, because Dr. Strange just wanted to send them back here. We're just going to undo this spell. We're sending them all back. And he's like, no, we can't do this because they're all going to go back and die. And we need to save them. And he really wanted to save everybody. And that was something his Aunt May was pushing on him. Like, you got to be better and you got to try to help and you got to try to do these things. And he tried to disastrous consequences. <laughs> but yeah, because we can't talk about Willem Dafoe and, you know, Aunt May without talking about the big, the big emotional scene in this movie. What made this like the most emotional of this Spider-Man MCU trilogy I would say, and what kind of what we talked about pushed pushed him what every Spider-Man kind of has to go through, some tragic uh, loss and something to happen. Um, and we, we've, we've speculated before about, you know, the absence of this Spider-Man's Uncle Ben is what something that has been, you know, 
critical in Spider-Man's becoming who he is in the comics, in every other movie, you know, in the Maguire movies, you had Uncle Ben and the in the Garfield movies, you had Uncle Ben. Uncle Ben is rarely mentioned, if at all, in the MCU. And it's kind of always been an awkward thing. Like, why isn't he's very important to Spider-Man's thing? Um, so, you know, the MCU definitely took its liberties there. And throughout these movies, we've gotten to know Aunt May as his kind of beacon, his his thing that keeps him, you know, steady. She's the one who's in his life. She's his only surviving family. Uh, you know, he lives with her. She basically raised raised him. So we know. And uh, so the Aunt May stuff in this movie is is fitting to me and and crazy. And, and we're going to kind of talk about it. This is where the emotion comes in. Uh, Aunt May has a scene in here with when he's fighting Green Goblin, where um, she gets hit by the glider during a scene. She gets up and she's fine and she's okay, but then she's not. And Peter kind of has his Uncle Ben moment, but it's Aunt May because Aunt May does not make it through this movie. And man, that is hard. That was hard for me. Yeah, Uh, that was that was a rough one. It kind of. It was funny because like that bomb went off and I was sitting there like, shit, did they just kill Aunt May? And then like soon as they went back into the room, you saw her get up and she's walking around and I'm like, oh, yeah, they didn't have the guts to do it. And then uh, (laughs) she had her speech with Peter and he's like, this is all my fault. I'm so sorry. You know, she's like, no, you did the right thing. And she was still letting him know, like, you need to help these people. You need to do these things. And then she dropped the line on him with great power comes great responsibility, which this Peter Parker never heard. Um, Cause he didn't have his uncle Ben. Cause we don't know what, when his, when uncle Ben died or what happened to him. You know, I think she's mentioned him in past movies, just kind of like in passing, but they've never really think, dove into it as far as I can. Recall. Yeah. I think there was a scene in far from home where there was like a briefcase with Ben's initials on it. Mm-hmm. So Ben may have existed sometime in the MCU. They just haven't talked about him much. So we don't know what happened to Ben. Ben yeah. could have, you know, died before Peter was ever born, but you yeah, know what I mean? Clearly oh. he didn't have the type of impact on this right. Peter Parker, which is cool. So we got to see it now and we got that moment, which was a turning point for all the Peter Parkers. And now is a turning point for this one. Cause now we got to see this one go through the rage, go through the, all of the issues and, you know, yeah. that just that pain. It's awesome to be able to. Um, yeah transition from to be able to do so i mean it was it was it was well done it was and i would say that this peter parker losing an aunt or an uncle this one hit me the most hard of any spider-man movie we've seen because we've kind of this is the third movie with her so like we've seen their relationship in homecoming and far from home and, you know, other places here and there. So this is like, she's been around, Yeah. you know, in the Maguire movies, we've, we've only known his uncle Ben for 30 minutes before he dies. So we know, we see that it's hitting him hard, but it doesn't hit us as hard as an audience, but this one hits a little more hard because she's an established character. It's like, Oh my God. Like, I didn't see, I didn't see it. I didn't see it coming. I didn't think they were going to do that. Uh, and I'm sitting here like there's kids in the audience. I'm like, how hard is it on these kids right now? Watch like a death scene for a kid. That's got to be pretty hard. But uh, yeah, man, it hit pretty hard. And his his reaction, Tom Holland acted it to perfection, you know, to lose somebody in that way. Uh, the only thing I will say is when Uncle Ben dies in other movies, you know, it's just Peter. He has to watch the Uncle Ben die. 
um this movie he's already spider-man so he's watching aunt may die dude scoop her up and fly her to a hospital like real quick right you know what i mean that's just a small complaint like turn her over and see that wound and use your start webs webs that wound closed uh i know i know it's all for his narrative he has to lose somebody to like become who he's gonna be but uh yeah man it was it was rough that was a rough scene yeah and you know it comes down to that lack of experience and him still being a 17 year old kid you know and not maybe not being able to think that through in that situation of you know overcome just just froze yeah and she could have it could have been a mortal wound that he couldn't save her from but like i'm just like okay do something I but i understand i understand then it, he got it, shot it, it, it kind of had to happen and it's more impactful that it's like his aunt may you know now he's pretty much alone in this world and it makes you hate green goblin even more like this bastard Uh, laughed while he did it yeah yeah so and and then yeah and then uh then the cops showed up and shot him (laughs) they did uh r.i.p aunt may can't 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 uh mourn her too long you're being shot at by police yeah and got shot happy. At yeah. And then uh and then we transitioned, which was the perfect place, I think, to actually do this, because then we transitioned straight from that and we gave Tom Holland a break. And then we found out that Ned has magic powers. Ned has magic power. Ned is is Ned the next sorcerer supreme. Stay tuned. Uh, <laughs> he might just be. Yeah, his grandma got, told uh, him he they have magic in their family. Yeah, when he when he they, she did. When they got a uh, when I think we totally skipped over the scene. That's okay. When uh, Peter and um, Strange were in the dream or mirror mirror universe, yeah, which was awesome. Yeah. Like all the all the scenery and the visuals in that scene were freaking awesome. It made you you know think back to the Doctor Strange movie, which the strongest part of that movie we've talked about. If you haven't heard it, we had an episode on Doctor Strange, but uh, the strongest part of that movie was like the visuals. And that kind of came through in this movie again when they were in that dream world. I love when they kind of do that in the Doctor Strange universe. Everything's kind of, you know, uh, Inception, Christopher Nolan style visuals. I love it. Yeah. Um, But Peter did figure out a way to get the best of Doctor Strange in that world and trap him there. But he got his ring away, which uh, Ned got a hold of. So Ned's able to start doing these portals and which is cool I, i'm glad to see ned getting a little more involved yeah. you know what i mean um he's not just peter's best friend he can do stuff too uh yeah he's more than a man in the chair he's more than a man in the chair <laughs> i like that i like the man in the chair references yeah. yeah um everybody needs a man in the chair everybody needs an alfred to their batman but so when ned opened that portal yes so i want to see show me peter and they showed that portal. No, he said, show me Spider-Man. Did he say Spider-Man? I think he said, show me Spider-Man. I think. Or maybe Peter. I don't know. I just saw this movie two days ago and I already forget. You saw, I, I saw more you. recent. So we're going to say he said, show me Peter. <laughs> okay. 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 He, he said, show I could me be Peter. wrong, but you knew that was Andrew Garfield, right? Oh yeah. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> when I first saw, okay. Let me walk you through this. When I walk first me through your this, emotions. How are you feeling? My emotions. The portal opened. You see the Spider-Man outfit. But when he turns around, you see the 
larger eyes, which is, you know, synonymous with the amazing Spider-Man, Spider-Man. In my head, I was like, I knew this was going to happen. I knew this was going to be in these movies. But my God, am I so freaking happy right now? Yeah. Is what was going through my head. Like when I first saw him and I knew what I was looking at. I knew I wasn't looking at Tom Holland. You can just tell by the no, you, you can tell by the body shape. Andrew Garfield is tall and lanky. Yeah. And- you could tell by the body shape and the costume. I was so freaking happy. And like my theater started, I don't know about your theater. My theater started buzzing. Like everyone was just like, oh my God. Uh, uh, like people like <laughs> seemed like they were going to like pass out. Uh, and then he started running towards the, the portal and he hopped out, man. And I was like, I'm looking at it. I'm looking at exactly what I, you know, people said was going to be, but hasn't been confirmed. Thank God. We didn't see this in a trailer. I'm seeing this with my own eyes that, you know, these movies are combining. Really? The, all these movies are combining? Like, this is true. They really did it. They pulled this shit off. Like, I'm sitting there like Dr. Ian Malcolm in Jurassic Park. Like, my God, the bastard did it. He actually did <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that was my that was my initial thoughts. Uh, How would you feel seeing this? You know, it was the same thing, man. It was my theater. Yeah, my theater cheered through everything. I mean, every time anybody showed up, they cheered. They cheered when they saw Matt Murdock. They cheered when uh, Doc Ock, you just knew he was coming from the trailer. Everyone started cheering. When Goblin started coming, everyone cheered. And then when they when they did that weird screen wipe and you didn't see him, everybody booed and uh, <laughs> groaned. Um, there was one girl that was a couple rows in front of us that was into everything. So she they, she was just like, no, no, come on, come on. She was just like, when there, were, when there was high drama, she was, she was letting us know yeah. that she was feeling it. So that was fun. Um, but yeah, when they saw that, everybody just erupted into applause and cheering for for good old andrew garfield jumping through the uh the portal and just saying hey guys i'm here (laughs) how did you feel though i want to know how you felt i felt great like i really and i can tell you after now watching this movie at least as of right now andrew garfield is my favorite (laughs) spider-man like hey that's okay i just really just liked i just like what he brought to that role and especially even watching in this movie it's a shame that he didn't get to do more. It's a shame he got stuck with what he got stuck with for the Spider-Man because there's so much that dude could have done. And he is just such a good actor as well. And there's so much he did with just facial expressions and tone of voice and the way that he could just, the things that he did in this movie was just amazing. He was my favorite part of this movie um, just because there was so much that that character had to prove, I think. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think he got to do it in this movie. And I think that's like my favorite part of this movie is that Andrew Garfield got this opportunity to do this on this scale. And so it was just, once again, same thing. It's like, I can't believe I'm seeing this. I can't yes. believe. Yeah. Like you said, they actually did it. And <laughs> it's still, it's it still just kind of blows your mind a little bit where I'm just sitting there just like, well, that means, I mean, Toby's got to be coming, right? There's this, yeah, this yeah. just gotta be, there's no, not, but giving Garfield as much time as they did so much introduction, the comedy, oh God, it was just so, so good. And it just made yeah. me happy ear to ear, man. Smiles. Just yeah. Smiles. Ear to ear. Just like, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen. And I will say, I'm glad they did Andrew first. Yes. I don't know why I'm, I, I don't, I can't really explain it in a way that makes sense, but 
that the next guy being second felt like a little more fitting. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad Andrew was first. I'll say that. Also on Andrew Garfield, we had an episode many moons ago talking about ranking the Spider-Man movies. And I had, you know, not negative, but not 100% positive things to say about Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man. And now looking back on it, I think that more stems from those movies. Yeah. Not being great. But the more I thought about it, he is a good Spider-Man. He really is a good Spider-Man. He always has been. Yeah. And like you just said, he's it's just kind of the circumstances of those movies were poorly written and he he made the best out of a bad situation. Yeah. Um I really I think I liked Amazing Spider I I didn't like Amazing Spider-Man 2, I don't think. Um just cuz they were trying to force things oh, down our throat. They were trying way to force, too much in that movie. There was way too much going on in that movie. Uh but Amazing Spider-Man 1 was was good and he was an actually really good Spider-Man. A good Peter Parker and a good Spider-Man. Uh, and in this movie I feel like he kind of got to redeem himself a little bit. Um cuz he was really a strong point of this movie yeah um <clears throat> like him and willem dafoe are like you know neck and neck with the redemption story not even a redemption story but just like Reprising. coming back and, and yeah coming back and just representing man just being like whew, like it's gonna make people want to go back and watch andrew garfield's yeah, movies so. again and like look at him in a new light i hope so i i really hope so and man come on sony Make your make make it make Amazing Spider-Man three. Listen, listen right we're gonna get to we're gonna get to that. I want them to. I definitely <laughs> I want him to get another. I want him to get another crack at it. And it's hard to do because you know it's hard to like have two simultaneous characters being different. Like Holland's story still going, and you want to jump into another Garfield movie. I'm sure That's, there's I'm sure there's clauses in this whole deal to that sure. Sony can't do this. Right. We can wish, but man, he he was really good. Yeah. Uh, I loved him, and we're going to talk more about him as we keep going. But yeah. Um, yeah, I have I have many comments about Andrew Garfield's performance. But then when they went looking for the next Peter, out jumps Toby Maguire, and he was like Andrew Garfield. I really did feel was in this movie, and I figured if you had Andrew Garfield, you had to have Toby Maguire. But Toby Maguire really has been so off the grid. Sure that you just really i could i could easily see him not being in this movie and not been surprised yeah so to I mean, me they, they he probably, was a little bit more yeah they probably had to back the brinks truck up to his house for him to be in this i'm sure but i'm sure to a point yeah he also i mean i don't know for sure he could have easily wanted like been gung-ho about this from day one when they showed him and be like dude we're doing a multiverse spider-man movie we want you in this we want you to be peter parker again and yeah seeing him come through again you know my whole audience the whole theater cheered and everybody loved it and i loved it too just like seeing this guy who is so important to uh, we've talked about it but spider-man 2001 is you know my formative what made me love superhero movies yeah. you know the x the x-men movies came before that and i liked the you know that movie but seeing 2001 spider-man is what m my love for comic book adaptation movies comes from and yeah. i think you too yeah so like i will always have love for that dude and those movies especially the first one and just seeing him again 
as Peter Parker 20 years later. And you can tell it's 20 years later because he looks a hell of a lot older. He's a 50 year old guy now still doing this. But it's like, man, I just I don't know, man, my my heart was singing the whole time. Like and then add into the fact you got these two guys in the same room together. You know what I'm saying? Just Uh, interacting and interacting and just existing in the same space is something i never thought i would see it's it was so freaking cool so freaking cool yeah i mean that's just it's unbelievable as i said it's i can't believe they did it it just (laughs) yeah we all um, even with the rumors and shit it's still i can't believe yeah it's it was the worst kept secret in hollywood because you know people just can't have any secrets anymore but still just to see it with my own eyes was like yeah man it's confirmed they actually did it was mind-blowing and uh and to be to be able to stay away for the past couple days because if i would have had any kind of confirmation that they were in it it would have just i didn't have confirmation so i could still wonder yeah have a little bit of wonder still left and a little bit of magic Um, but it was yeah no no complaints about what they did. It was great to see where, where they got these characters from. And I think that that where then comes back to is where did they get pulled from? Right. Cause I would imagine that they got pulled from the uh, current date. Cause if it's like 2023 in the MCU now, then this has to be these Spider-Men from 2023. Cause yeah. they both talked about their past. Like they and both think- talked about, yeah, I think that's kind of like why they olded, why they didn't young him up, why they didn't young Toby Maguire Spider-Man up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you could you could tell they kind of younged up, younged up if that's even a phrase, but like you know, uh, they younged up Doc Ock and Green Goblin a little bit. Yeah. To like make it be like we pulled them from this time before they died in those movies, but the Spider-Men were like the age they're supposed to be at this time mm-hmm. because it also made it seem like they were already in the world. They got, they got brought in at the same time. Exactly. They got brought in the same time as the villains. So it's not like we're pulling Andrew Garfield from his New York and mm-hmm. we're not pulling Toby Maguire from his New York. Like they're already in our world, but now we're just, you know, they don't know why they're here either. They're coming yeah. in and being like, you know, I'm Spider-Man. I'm Peter Parker what's going on uh why am i here what's happening uh so i did like that i like they that. both seem very excited to just jump through a random portal <laughs> right into, like i guess into some ladies I'm just gonna go with the flow with these two teenagers in this apartment they uh, look friendly let's just jump through this portal yeah their interaction with each other was really fun um that was a fun scene and then yeah. it it kind of gets to the point where we're like well we got to go find this world's Peter Parker and MJ's like, I know where he's at. We, we fast forward to, you know, Tom Holland, Spider-Man is mourning, you know, Aunt May's death on the roof and uh, MJ and Ned kind of pop in and are hugging him. And like, there's two people here who need to talk to you. And that camera goes up and both of them are on top of that roof. And that was another moment. Just like, yes, that's amazing. Yeah. There are two uh, Spider-Men two spider-men and they hop down and and tom holland's kind of confused at what's going on and they kind of make it you know 
they tell him about their losses along with his loss and they know what he's going through. He didn't want to hear it. Like, you don't know what I was going through, but yeah, they do. Like Toby's like, I lost my uncle Ben and Andrew Garfield's like, I lost my MJ in my world. So I couldn't save her. And man, just like, these are scenes we never thought we were going to see. Like we were never thought we were going to see stuff like this. Well, and I loved being able to hear, like I said, since they pulled these Peter Parkers from present day, you know, they had stuff that happened since their movies ended. So then it's like, you could give a little bit, you know, Peter, or, you know, Toby Maguire's Peter Parker talked about, you know, getting married to MJ and having, you know, their struggles and doing all this other stuff. So it's like, Oh, this, the, you know, world kept going. And uh, Andrew Garfield talked about, you know, kind of going crazy after losing Gwen and still trying to be Spider-Man, but not pulling his punches and hitting with rage and like really going through some hard stuff with that. And that's all stuff that I think, you know, we obviously would have seen, but it's nice to just, like I said, get that closure, get that information of what happened to that character. And it's nice to know that their stories kept going. You know yes. what I mean? Like we never saw Spider-Man four and we never saw an amazing Spider-Man three, but this movie just confirms like, yeah, these characters kept doing stuff. You know what I mean? And we got a little hint, a little tease. Right. So if you're not going to give us the movies, give us at least a comic book, <laughs> something, give us something. Um, then we got the team up and they, yeah, the three Spider-Men wanted to uh, do that. We got a lot of comedy coming out of that, which was hilarious of them still trying to get to know each other and doing those things as they were trying to get all their cures together to cure all the villains and hatch their big climax battle. Yeah, you know, the scenes with all three of them were some of the best scenes in this movie. Yeah. Them just talking things and like comparing comparing life experience and like Toby and... Uh, Andrew talking with each other and like the running joke that Toby Maguire's webs are organic and the other, the other two have to make their webs and, and Toby just comes out because that's always been a thing for years and years like that. Sony in 2001 took that Liberty and just made his webs organic. I was like, that's not how his webs work, but okay, I guess we'll go with it. Cause that's where you guys went, but it's always just been so like stupid and that's not what Spider-Man is supposed to do. Yeah. Uh, and them just kind of making fun of that through yeah. this whole movie was awesome. I love that they brought it up when they brought it up in the lab. I laughed and I was like, God, that's so good. But the fact that they re brought it up later in another scene and had a full on conversation about it, like they killed like three or four <laughs> minutes of screen time, yeah. just them asking him questions over and over again about his organic web shooters. Like they did not let that shit go. And it was so funny. They're like, is that the only place that comes your yeah. webs come out of? I was like, dude, that's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> it was so good. Yeah. Uh, the Love scene that they wouldn't let it go. Yeah. The scene with them fast forwarding a little bit where they're all in their Spider-Man outfits and getting ready for that final battle, I think was the best scene in the movie. Yeah. I, can like, I think it was that. when, when Toby was telling Andrew, like, no dude, you're amazing. Like you're amazing. And they were like, Oh, this and that, like, I didn't do this. Like I fought a, I fought an alien one time with like, uh, who was black goo. And, and then Tom Holland was like, Oh yeah, I fought a purple alien one time on another planet. And Andrew was like, I want to fight an alien. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. That was just so good. I know. That was so good, man. Yeah, dude. He, like I said, Andrew Garfield was just killing it. Like there was so much just nuance in his performance and just almost 
in a way making fun of the amazing spider-man movies like well i didn't get to do this they made fun of the fact that electra was made by falling into a vat of eels they made fun of yeah they, they made that eel joke so many times yeah they made this eel joke oh he fell into eels they made fun of that they made fun of you know just like you said just this idea of what was the biggest villains well i fought a russian in a rhino suit but you guys are cooler than me and just just that whole like thing being the lesser spider-man or the least liked spider-man and they played into that and andrew garfield was able to just make it where you're just like by the end of this movie you're just like dude like you said how many people are going to go back and watch those movies now just because he was so good in this one yeah and when they were assigning spider-man numbers he's like okay i'm spider-man one you're spider-man two you're spider-man three he's like all right i guess i'm spider-man three i don't know yeah <laughs> yeah that was great yeah uh, they're ranking yeah god so good but yeah Thanks yeah like, everything you, everything you really wanted from this team up that was always rumored and we hoped would happen like happened yes and more you know what i mean yeah. it was like the perfect way to do it they did i i Never knew when they were going to bring him in. If they were going to bring him in, I know we've talked about it before. You know, is it just going to be at the end for the climax, which it kind of was, but they did enough that made it. They did it. They did it right. You, I mean, yeah, I could have always used them on screen more, but it worked. This yeah, wasn't their it, movie, so. Right. They were they were supporting characters, which, you know, is how it should be They're They've had their time, but it's great that we finally got to bring them back and get some closure in some ways on their movies and stories and, you know, hopes for maybe them in the future. Who knows what's going to happen? We never know with Mark, with the Marvel studios, what's going to happen in the future, but I was really glad they, they did this and it, and it was like a fan's dream, super fan service for us uh, as, as guys who've loved these movies growing up. And I, I totally loved it. It it is something I never thought would happen. So and they, the fact they, that it did is great. And we did get confirmation that they did edit out those Spider-Man in that movie with the lizard getting kicked in the face. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. That thing that was going around the internet of his face turning real fast. Yeah. That was funny. Yeah. I made sure I was watching for that to see if he got kicked, if that's what that was. So, <laughs> and he did, and he did. So yeah, that was just a mistake on that one international trailer, but um, it's kind of pushed forward because I know we still got so much and I can't tell you right now how long we're already going, but. Hey man, we're in, we're in this for the long haul. We hope you guys are too, because yeah. this movie's got a lot to it. There's a lot. And we're about to get into the repercussions of this story here in a minute. And I know that can go. So anyway, um, the, the whole final action sequence was great. I loved, it was. you know, it was well-paced. Special effects were awesome. Them doing all the villains, seeing the Spider-Men all get in each other's way and then figuring out how to team up, watching all three of them swing around. I mean, that was just, I mean, you couldn't ask for more. And the CGI was done well, as I said in the beginning. I loved this this whole action sequence of trying to whittle down these heroes and bringing everyone back. I mean, it was great. Yeah, and it was. it's really cool that, Tom Holland's Spider-Man kind of took the the position of leader, not even leader, but like he's the one who knows what being a part of a team is. Like they even made the joke that, you know, I'm an Avenger. Toby, Toby's my Toby's Spider-Man and Andrew's Spider-Man never have been part of a team. And they're like, what are the Avengers? <laughs> you know, when when Tom Holland was like, you know, when I was in the Avengers, we did this. They're like, oh, you were in the Avengers? what are the Avengers? Yeah. <laughs> Cause the Avengers don't exist in their universe. Yeah. So 
him being like, dude, guys, we got to kind of like team up and, and do this. And we, we take one guy at a time and work as a team and do this together. That was really cool to see him take the lead, even though he's technically the quote youngest one, uh, just to see him kind of step in and take that role was, was, was fun. And seeing them all swing down together in tandem is, you know, a visual that I will never forget seeing all three Spider-Man swing down together. Uh, was amazing and and we have them now fighting all these villains together it's basically three spider-man versus five villains and it's just a ton of fun man yeah. it was it was great it was fun um they kind of did through their thing and then we got the goblin come back and that was when tom holland was deciding he was gonna kill him <laughs> yeah he's wanted to kill he wants to kill this guy now clearly because he you know killed his aunt may yeah, and he so, said it. He was like, nope, I don't want to send you back. I don't want to save you. I want to kill you. Yeah. Um, so when he does come back, this is now after MJ and Ned have been chased out of their portal because the portal won't close for some reason. Ned can't close the portal. So Lizard sees them and he runs in and chases them out. So now, now MJ and Ned are out here in the fight. Um, so whatever happens, MJ ends up falling. That was when uh, Goblin showed up and he blew up the box that Dr. Strange was having where he was going to send him home. Correct. And it blew up. Yeah, it blew up. So MJ gets knocked off the building. Um, And she's so she's falling slow motion into the night, as we've seen so many times. Uh, We've seen it in uh, Toby's movies, MJ falling and he saved her. We also have classically seen it in Amazing Spider-Man 2 with Gwen Stacy. Um, and, and this she's one falling. mimicked that one extremely well. Extremely, extremely well. It's like almost a scene for scene shot. Yeah. And, um, you know, we all know who've seen that movie, Tom or Andrew Garfield cannot save Gwen Stacy. He does web her, but the momentum of her fall, she dies. Yeah. And they, that was a very sad moment in those movies. We all know, but that is very comic accurate because Gwen Stacy does die in the comics she's his first love and she dies and he can't save her it kind of makes him who he is so um that happened in amazing spider-man 2 and it was like a really emotional moment for brought up in this movie before brought up in this movie he said he couldn't save his mj he couldn't save gwen so in this movie when mj's falling you know tom holland jumps for her but gets knocked into by the green goblin guy glider so mj keeps falling man and so we're like wow uh but then we get a then we get another iconic moment in this movie a stand up and cheer moment yep is andrew garfield spider-man spider-man 3 (laughs) sees this happening and he jumps after her and he is able to grab her before she hits the ground and dies and uh you know just this is Andrew Garfield again, acting to perfection. Like it was a perfect scene, dude. It was perfect. Like her being like, I'm okay. And he's like, or she's like, are you okay? Or Andrew Garfield says, are you okay? And she's like, yeah. And then she could just tell like, he's emotional about it. And she's like, are you okay? And he's like, yeah, I'm okay. Like shakes his head. And that's just like kind of what we hoped would happen in this season. Like him getting his redemption is like, I saved, I, I did save her this time. You know what I mean? It was it was really fitting, and I'm glad they put this scene in there that he got to do that. 
Oh yeah, I don't know. 100%. I don't know how you felt. About no, that was one of that was one of the best, if not the best, scene in the movie. And Andrew Garfield. I mean, the moment is it is what it is. And once again, we predicted that this was going to be a scene. Just how are they going to do it? And um, the way that they did it. And then Andrew Garfield. Yeah, he's holding her, and the look on his face of just happiness but devastation and At just the like same time. he never yeah. said anything you know he didn't say anything it was just this look in his face and his eyes and you can just feel they gave that moment a moment to really settle in and the music and just what they did there and it told so much and there was no it was all on andrew garfield's face it got me all teared up like it was it did what it needed to do and it was just done it was a perfect moment that popped up in this movie that just was something I would never thought would see because Andrew Garfield never got any form of redemption for that. That was the last thing you saw him do was fail. So the fact right. that you got this movie for him to come back and to not fail and actually be a hero, you know, is just an awesome, an yeah, awesome was, thing that they did. And it's just, just, it's awesome. There's nothing, nothing else for it. It was just, it was yeah. great. <laughs> it was awesome. I I couldn't say it better. It was, it was like a top moment of this movie. It was fantastic. And the top like, so, moment of so many great. movies. And I mean, it can probably end up and being a top moment in the MCU. Like, I mean, it was just Andrew Garfield, once again, just tipped the hat to yeah. his acting. And the, what, he, what he did with what he had was just next level. Yeah, he should have never been able to redeem himself after that. We, were ne- we should have never seen another thing with it, but we get to because they... <laughs> we're able to pull this off and it is so rewarding like for us and for him and his character in that movie it just makes you look at his character and everything so differently it's just like man that's perfect that is perfect perfect and it's great that they took the time to do it yeah they didn't have to do that so it's just awesome that they did and gave him that moment so that was great highlight of the movie easily (laughs) yeah i'm with you man i'm totally with you easily um but yeah then like I said, then we kind of hit our climax here with the final fight with Goblin. And I guess, okay, so Goblin, Goblin's fight. Goblin and Tom Holland are fighting. Tom Holland's pretty much picking up the glider. He's going he's gonna to kill Green Goblin for killing Aunt May. Which also, then, that, was a, that was a great fight, by the way. Oh, no, I yeah. That I was, love that fight. That was great. Masks off, like, there no CGI. It was just wrestling moves, and it was hardcore. That was, that was good shit. Yeah. <laughs> and then he picked up that glider, like, I'm going to stab you with this glider because there were knives all on it. And then Toby swings down and stops him, catches the glider, and he's looking at Tom Holland. And then you hear, Chling! and he took a knife in the back. Yeah. And I was like, what the hell? <laughs> I was like, all right, it's, hey, I'm, I'm here for this. And then uh, how did they stop Norman? Um, well, did Norman just give up? Oh no, he got uh, yeah, then Andrew Garfield threw the antidote. Yeah, and he stabbed and Norman and cured him. Yeah. I liked this scene a lot. I loved the fight. It was it was really fun. Um, and I loved the fact that Toby stopped Tom Holland's Spider-Man from killing him and kind of give him that look like, you know, this is not what we do. We are not killers. You're not gonna do this. I know you want to. I wanted to as well. Um please don't do this. And just like that look between them was iconic. Yeah. You know, your original Spider-Man looking at your modern day Spider-Man was great. My thing is 
none of their spider senses went off <laughs> uh before they before toby got stabbed like not one of them <laughs> i know it's a small complaint but like yeah. we've been we've been doing peter tingle this whole time none of you knew that he was about to get stabbed uh and that kind of hurt me a little bit i was like you you guys better not kill toby mcguire spider-man uh but it ended up being like he he just kind of made a joke out of it being like yeah i've been stabbed before i'll be okay but then what was the point of stabbing him like i know yeah what was it just was like you did this and i'm like oh shit are they gonna kill him like that's kind of crazy and i was i was here for it and then then it was just like oh no he's okay yeah i don't know like they just brushed it off like it was nothing and i'm just like all right they wanted they wanted us as an audience to think it was going to be another big death moment but like we're not going to kill your guys's nostalgia childhood memories uh in this way but yeah so man that would be that was that was a good scene and 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 then you know norman got transformed back to regular norman and comedy ensued comedy ensued we kind of just kept going with it so kind of to close this thing off we had Doctor Strange trying to figure out because kind of at the end of this battle, we started having the multiverse breaking through and everybody who knew Peter Parker was starting to come into our world. And Doctor Strange was like, I can't stop it. And so then Peter basically tells him, Hey, cast the spell you were going to cast where nobody remembers who I am. And Doctor Strange just basically tells him, Hey, you know, that's not, you know, no one's good. It's gonna be like, you never existed. And he's like, I, you got to do it. It's the only way. So Dr. Strange does it. So now we close this movie with basically nobody knowing who Peter Parker is. Mm -hmm. And because of the spell. So Spider-Man still exists and Peter Parker still exists, but nobody knows who Peter Parker is. Yes. And see, this, this kind of brings me to some of my plot hole um, issues with this movie. Yeah which I have very few issues with this movie, but this is one of them. Um, So the multiverse, all the people coming in, like the people you see coming through the purple light, there was hundreds of people, like a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And the only people supposed supposed to be breaking through are those who know Peter Parker's identity. How many people know Peter Parker's identity that it's that many people? You know what I mean? Yeah, but it, you also think about how many multiverses are there. Okay, yeah. You I know, guess. so I mean, it's like that. It's not just these three Spider-Men. It's how many other Spider-Men? How many other Spider-Men? Are are there? How many versions of each one of these characters are there? How many Aunt Mays? How many Mary Janes? How many Gwen Stacys? Okay, that can kind of be explained. That can kind of be explained away that way. I, I get. So it. I mean, if you if you open it up multiverse wise, like. You could even have into the Spider-Verse people coming in, you know what I mean? Like miles and stuff. But uh, then my issue is, okay, so Peter Parker tells Strange, cast a spell. It's the only way to do it. He's like, okay, I'll do it. But everyone's going to forget who you are. That's a different spell from the first spell that they were going to cast. The first spell that Spider-Man wanted cast is, I just want people to forget that peter parker is Mm spider-man this spell is people are going to forget peter parker exists altogether why 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 was it different than the first spell did you understand that no because i didn't catch that so yeah the first one yeah he just didn't want people to remember yeah you're right 
I don't first know one, he just didn't want people to know that his secret identity. This one is just people are going to not even know Peter Parker is a person. Like you're forgotten. Mm-hmm. You are a forgotten person. Why? What is it? What? What? Like he would have been better off with the first one just going that route. Like people would still know Peter Parker is a man who's alive, who has a bank account, who has a social security number. Now yeah. it's just like you're a dude who nobody in this world even knows is a person. Well, I think it was because they because the the way that that first spell backfired, which turned into everybody coming into this universe, is people who know who pe- know that Peter Parker is Spider Man, and you can't un. I mean, I guess if you made the spell that way, I don't know, you might be able to undo it. But I think that I think what they were going for was that, well, then we have to go one bigger and we have to make it so nobody remembers Peter Parker. So all these people will go back. I think they had to up the ante and they went one bigger because the universes were falling apart. So like Peter really screwed himself by not just going with the first spell the whole time. And like, yeah, oh, well, yeah, he screwed himself multiple times in this movie. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I get it. I mean, that's, but yes, you're right. I don't know why you couldn't just walk it back a little bit and just say, Hey, tell people, you know, I don't want people to remember who I am. And I don't see why that wouldn't. But like, I'm still, I still exist. I'm still Peter. Like there is no Peter Parker anymore. Like he's, he's gone from all people's memories, like MJ, Ned, everybody happy, all the people, nobody knows that he's even a, person which how does that work it doesn't it doesn't so like is he still getting now okay let me tell you let me tell you i love that okay i loved the end of this movie because i loved once one is the growth that the character had overall going as i said earlier spider boy to spider man basically and him kind of stepping in and being like all right i'm on my own now nobody knows who i am aunt may's gone i'm in this ready apartment I'm sewing my own suits. I loved pulling him away from Iron Man, Spider-Man. I loved Mm -hmm. the idea of getting him back in just spandex suits, just friendly neighborhood spider. I loved that. That's where that character potentially is right now. Stepping him back from the Avengers, putting him more street level, being more Spider-Man and less Iron Man. I loved that. That's where potential, a potential Spider-Man four would go. So mm-hmm. I liked the idea of, hey, nobody remembers who Peter Parker is. So now we can step away from that version of Peter Parker and do a new one that's a little bit more freestanding. Sure. Kind of step him back from the Avengers because he doesn't need to be in the Avengers. Right. So I loved what I loved what the end goal of what they're doing is. Now stepping back, yeah, the spell is weird and it's one of those things where you're like, okay, but now he doesn't exist. But then does media exist? Like, does J. Jonah Jameson just watch the video that he put out three days before that says yeah. Peter Parker Spider-Man? Right. And like, how did, <laughs> did all that get erased? Correct. And like him, him going to May's grave and then Happy also being there. Happy doesn't know who he is. Nobody knows who he is Mm -hmm. and him being like, well, how did you know her? Oh, we met through Spider-Man and happy saying, Oh, so did we, but how would happy know may through Spider-Man if she wasn't Spider-Man's aunt? If he didn't know Peter Parker. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I did. And I watched, I watched a video before we started recording where someone was trying to explain these things. So I do have theories on them, whether or not they're true. 
but they did show that in one of the previous Spider-Man movies, Aunt May was at one of the, I think it's Spider-Man Far From Home or I don't know. One of these movies, Aunt May was at like a charity event that Peter Parker was at. And she was kind of like emceeing it and she was talking with Happy there. So technically they still could have ran into each other and did that. But yes, you're 100% right. It doesn't. It's all a stretch. And I know it's. I know it was the end game of it all. End game, no pun intended, was to get to us taking Peter away from the Avengers and taking him away from Stark tech and like just making him street level and making him on his own with his own homemade suits again. And he has to make his own webs and he doesn't have, you know, all this super technology working with him. And I'm, I agree with you. I think that's great. And then it also makes me think that these first three movies, we've talked this whole time about, we love that the MCU hasn't done a Peter Parker origin story. These three movies put together is a Peter Parker origin story. If you take them all three together, this is his origin. Mm -hmm. And now we get to his point where he is, yeah, he's street level on his own Spider-Man. And now his story starts. He had his Uncle Ben moment as an aunt may moment in this third movie Mm -hmm. like everything that led us up to this point is getting us to where you know he's your friendly neighborhood spider-man now he hasn't been your friendly neighborhood spider-man until this point and now he is and now he can you know have his movie with craven or have his movie with venom or have his movie with kingpin like just fighting him on the streets of new york and like just doing whatever and I don't know. I'm here in for a way it. that's in a way that's satisfying. It's really know? satisfying. Like there, there, those were always kind of the things. They were fun, but it's not Spider-Man, right? He's spider man doesn't need to go to space anymore. No. Spider-Man doesn't need to fight Thanos. I'm sure they're going to bring him in on stuff in the future. We'll get to that point when we get there. But for now, the next thing we're going to do with Spider-Man is. You know, there's a bank robbery that he needs to stop down the street. And let's do that. You know what I'm saying? Let's meet, let's meet Black Cat. Let's meet, you know, let's meet whoever, um, just on the streets of New York instead of him fighting with Star Lord up in space. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. I love that red and blue suit. Oh, it was perfect. That's like perfect. At the end of this movie, that bright blue. Oh, I saw him make that and he was swinging around and I was just like, this all makes me so happy. And that's why I was like, well, yeah, they didn't really tell us the ramifications of the spell or exactly how it works or what's going on, but you know what? It got us here. So I, I can look past it because I'm happy for street level Spider-Man. Yes. I agree with you. We both love the street level stuff. Spider-Man is like the street level guy. Yeah, um, he's dabbled in the Avengers here and there in the comics, but he's at his best when he's just like in his own bubble doing his own thing. Let's just let him be in his own thing for a little while. And I'm OK with that. I'm OK with him not being in Avengers four. I'm OK with him not like leading them to fight, low, um, you know, Kang in the next movie. I'm cool with him just kind of doing his own thing in his corner of the world. That's yep. cool with me. T- team him up with. Hawkeye and Daredevil, Kate Bishop and Daredevil and keep him on the Disney plus level even. And I'd be cool with that. Just I'm down. I'm down. Uh, This overall, this movie was great. 
And yes, there are those holes. There are those things. It's like back to the future. If you poke too hard, it all falls apart. Um, so don't poke too hard. <laughs> you can't yeah. poke too hard in this one. Otherwise it will crumble. Yeah. Now where, as we're now diving into this multiverse mm-hmm. and we're now thinking about these spells and ramifications and all this other stuff, where does Loki fit in? Because we had Loki earlier this year and at the end of Loki, they killed Kang to open up all of these multiverse things, but that hasn't actually been felt anywhere yet. Right. So where does Loki, the TVA, like any of that, I mean, I guess the TVA is no more because Loki destroyed that. So does that just mean that that allows these things to happen? Because now technically, if you go off of everything we learned in Loki, all of these villains, when they go back cured or go back to different points in time, they all create nexus events. Correct. So if there's no more TV- this, would, this would have been a huge nexus event. This oh, would yeah. have been, yeah. And the TVA would have showed up and just shot it all down. Well, that's my thing is, so is that- we, don't know, we don't know the timelines of when, when did Loki happen in contrast to this movie. Like had Loki already had the Loki show. It's so confusing once we get into all these timeline things. Yeah. But like did if the Loki show hadn't happened yet, the TVA would have stepped in to this. Yes. But if it did already happen and the TVA is like disbanded and all messed up and now like Kang is in charge, then I don't know. It's, it's, it's very confusing. That's where I'm like, where does, I mean, but does it just because Loki and the TVA is no more that this allowed it to happen. But like I said, we have lots of Nexus events. So it's like all this multiverse stuff happening because of Loki or has the Loki stuff not happened yet? Well, my, (laughs) my prediction is that Loki is going to show up again, maybe in the multiverse of madness. That's what I think is going to happen. I think we're going to get a lot in the multiverse of madness, which we'll talk about because, you know, got a trailer Strange, for it. Yeah. we got a trailer for it instead of a post credit scene, which was amazing. Uh, but before Took them long enough. Even, Took them way yeah. too long to do that. I know. But before we can even talk about that, I guess we got to talk about the mid credit scene, right? Yes. Okay. We got the <laughs> mid credit We got the mid credit scene, which ended up being a c- continuation of the mid credit scene for Venom level of carnage or what's that movie called? Here comes carnage. That let there be, let, let there, there be, be carnage. Good Lord. <laughs> Here comes um, carnage. <laughs> I, watched, I watched it yesterday and I still, I can't even tell you what it's called. All right. To, to preface this, Chris just watched the movie. Um, I still haven't seen it because I don't want to. Um, you don't need to. <laughs> I, kind of know what happens in the credit scenes so i'm okay with us talking about it i've seen like you know twitter told me what happens so chris please fill in the blanks for me on the uh venom post credit scene as it you know relates to the spider-man movie okay so venom i'm trying to think of how to do it without spoiling venom for you (laughs) the uh (laughs) So, yeah, so basically Venom and Eddie, because in those movies, Venom, they have talks in their head 
and they're talking about things and they're basically just having a dick measuring contest over who knows more stuff and blah, blah, blah. Comedy, comedy, comedy. But then uh, Venom basically. Waka, waka. Him, yeah. Venom basically tells him like, you couldn't begin to comprehend everything that I know. And Eddie's like, try me. And he was like, I'm just going to open a peak of the universes that the hive knowledge of the symbiote has in store for you. And then when he kind of opens that, all of a sudden they kind of like teleport and they're in a hotel room. And then they have J. Jonah Jameson on the TV talking and Tom Holland's there. And it's basically them saying it's basically the end of Far From Home, where he's basically unveiling who Peter Parker and then Venom is like, who is that man? But Venom knew who he was because you know, basically with the hive mind and the universe is now after seeing no way home, I understand what happened there. I figured when I watched it yesterday, I was like, all right, Venom's going to tie into this because Venom just got teleported. However, all these villains are getting teleported. Venom just got there. I just don't know why, what the parameters are. Now it makes sense if people know there's some, you know, the Topher Grace Venom and you have a symbiote hive mind. It makes sense that he knows who Peter Parker is. So Venom's there. But this Tom Hardy didn't get into the action. He just went to Mexico and got drunk in a bar. The whole movie. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, uh, and then when the movie ended, he got shifted back to his San Francisco universe, but he left behind the little bit of symbiote. Or if you want to go by Venom, one thing, symbiote. <laughs> symbiote. So what symbiote. Weird... symbiote. Yeah. That's not right. Um, yeah, <laughs> but then basically they left some of the symbiote behind, hinting mm -hmm. that Venom will be in Spider-Man Four. Yes, that was the mid-credit scene. Um, it's so funny. Like my wife and me watched this movie together, and so people are gasping when they see Tom Hardy because you know Tom, uh, you know Venom, but she's never seen Venom. She doesn't know shit about Venom the movies. So after that scene was over, she was like, why was Bane in this? What does Bane have to do? <laughs> I was like, that's an entirely different universe. Uh, but yes, I understand. You don't know. I was like, you've never seen Venom. You don't know. She was like, yeah, I'm sitting here like, why do they have this? Why is Bane? Is Bane in, in the next movie? I was like, no. That was Bane. so funny. That was God. funny and cute. That is, uh, yeah, that's adorable. Yeah, but. Uh, you could have also went with Mad Max and it would have been equally as funny. <laughs> Right. Anything that anything that the dude's been in. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, this this scene was was all right. It just kind of speaks to me. Being that knowing Sony really, really, really wants to put Venom and Spider-Man together again. Uh, that they haven't been able to up to this point, and they're trying to find a way to do it, especially with it being the credit scene for venom and this movie like so close together them both being you know venom spider-man centric they really want tom holland and tom hardy to be in a movie together i get it venom is a super popular character and they want it to happen i still don't know how it's going to work um because i, I feel like they're kind of like being safe about it being like well, we want Venom and Spider-Man in a movie, but we still don't know if Tom Hardy will be able to be in a movie with Tom Holland. So let's just drop this symbiote off in here. And let's say maybe Spider-Man 4 is that piece of symbiote finding its way to Tom Holland to make Black Spider-Man first. 
and having a black, you know, black suit Spider-Man movie. And then maybe in the next movie, we'll, we'll bring in, you know, Eddie Brock or will Eddie Brock be a completely different character? You know, they, I don't think they're convinced that they're still going to be able to make a Tom Hardy, Tom Holland movie. That's just the way I'm feeling right now, but I know they want a Venom Spider-Man movie and I don't know how they're going to do it. Um, yeah, I don't think I mean, they know how they're going to do it. I think from seeing this movie, yeah, the only thing that really makes sense is that they left the symbiote behind to go make the Venom in this universe, the MCU Venom, and it's going to be somebody completely different. Right. And they can continue with, Sony can continue with Tom Hardy out in San Francisco doing whatever he's doing. And that's just a weird blip in his world. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, a Tom Holland, Tom Hardy movie doesn't make a ton of sense in my mind but you know what does a tom hardy andrew garfield movie that would be amazing if you continue to let andrew garfield be sony's spider-man and you want to keep the venom movies going and that's your sony spider-man world those two together makes all the sense in the world I would be there for that. That would be. Cool. I would. I think that if would. They be put fantastic. Andrew Garfield, Spider Man, and Venom three. That would be that. That's that's it. That's it right there. That's that would be good if stuff. You, if you want to do that, I don't think they're going to do it. But if they wanted to do it, oh my god, I'd be so here for it. Sony would have found a way right there. You literally just gave Sony a billion dollar idea. If they did <laughs> yeah. Venom three and they advertised the hell out of Andrew Garfield being in that movie. As mm -hmm. Spider-Man, I really think they would probably get their billion dollars they've been looking for with these movies that, yeah. that Disney just takes for granted, getting a billion dollars. Yeah, and you know what? People would go see it. People would go watch if they... Now we understand the multiverses and there's different universes. So here's your Sony Spider-Man. Here's your Marvel Spider-Man. Keep his adventures going while having his adventures going over here with Venom at the same time. It's a win-win. I don't see why I don't and andrew garfield's like i would do another movie he i just saw a thing recently where he's like i would love to be in more of these dude get sign that guy on the dotted line he's your sony spider-man do so if you want your venom and your spider-man movies it's tom hardy and andrew garfield they're closer to the same age like it just works it yeah that's works. money man i'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah. here for that shit man that's i think that would be a good time if you if you did it i think sony could if they did it right, I guess, I think they can make something work with that. Tom Hardy. I mean, he's all in on that role. Um, yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's a weird kind of venom, but I could be here for that. I, I, I like that, man. I think yeah. that'd be cool. I don't know if there's a contract in there that allows it not to happen, but yeah, I don't know what Disney's uh, got going on, what Sony is and isn't allowed to do. They seem to be well, leaning real heavy into their villains as I saw another Morbius trailer and I was like, this movie looks like trash. Yeah, I won't be seeing that. No, I'll but, never watch that movie. Yeah. Never. At the end of the day, Sony still has the movie rights to right? Spider-Man, you know? They're kind of just letting Marvel in to help them and do this, but I don't know. Uh, we can dream, we can fantasize. Do it, Sony. Do it. So then let's hit our end credit scene and get out of here, Don, because the end credit scene was basically a trailer for Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Yeah, this wasn't even a post credit scene. This was just a trailer. 
pretty much <laughs> they showed us pretty much for dr strange which it should be their next movie on the slate even though it got yeah. delayed but it should be the next one i think it's may instead of march correct it should be in may um i don't remember much about this but it just kind of was like crazy all over the place you know we knew we were going to get wanda we see a lot of wanda in here um you know it, it confirms the return of mordo like the the villain from the first Doctor Strange, he's kind of been hanging in the balance, not knowing what's going on with him. Well, uh, it just, looked like it looked like I one of the scenes where they had like an explosion. It looked like Mads Mikkelsen's character was back flying through the air. I thought it? I saw. I, him, I thought I saw him like I didn't see his face, but I thought I saw him from like behind something that looked like him. I thought I saw, and I was like, "Is that Mads?" Yeah, I didn't pick that up, but that's cool if that's if he's back. Now, my question um, coming from this little tease of a trailer that I want to know what you think, because they showed it kind of at the end of this, like an evil Doctor Strange coming out of the multiverse and talking to them. Is that the demon Doctor Strange from What If? Yes, it is. Are you fucking kidding me? No, I'm serious. That's what I've, I'd like, Doc what if episode four or five the doctor strange episode yeah. where he's the uh, dark trying to find a supreme. way to save yeah yeah i think that's the same character i think it's the same character so brought, that episode but, ended with that doctor strange basically stuck trying to in his own little universe trying to not to let it collapse on himself so do you think they're going to open that one and bring that one out i think so which is cool, which makes That's me awesome. which makes me appreciate what if more than I did before if they can transition that into live action. Yeah, if they start bringing those characters into live action, now you got something. Yeah, like Captain Carter, um, you know, whoever else you want to pull from that and be like this is their this is the same character you watched in what if, but here they are in live action. I think it is. I totally think it is. Huh. That's my hope. Um, I mean, it looks it looks exactly it. like him. It did. It did. Outside of when he was all full demonized. But yeah, he looked like him. Yeah. Um, just curious. That was something that jumped out at me during this little trailer. Yeah. I'm with you. I hope it is. And I'm excited for that movie. I hope it. A lot more light on multiverse because this was a multiverse movie, the Spider-Man movie, but it got a kind of little messy with the multiverse aspects. Mm -hmm. uh, but we, you know, after Loki and well yeah after loki we were hoping for some more clarification on what the multiverse is so this is the logical next step dr strange the multiverse of madness into you know more with maybe kang or more with whatever or just just let's delve into the multiverse more and then well, that's totally what this movie should be and this one seemed which was surprising to me when i was watching these scenes was this one seems like it's going to still be more contained like it's going to be the multiverse but they didn't really show a bunch of like characters or things coming through it was more like mad it really looked like dr strange too which i'm super here for like if you're talking about MCU movies that I've been like dying for part two of any of these movies, Dr. Strange, I feel like we've been waiting the longest for. Yeah, it's been a while for this. It's just one. been a while for this movie. So the idea of getting Dr. Strange 2 is just exciting as it is. But this really looked like Dr. Strange 2 dealing with the multiverse. And uh, God, you got Sam Raimi directing this thing. Like, I yeah. think this thing's going to be off just crazy. Yeah, off the chain. We, we saw Wanda and um 
Shumagarath, like the the weird octopus one-eyed thing that was rumored to be. And we saw him and I was like, whoa, that's crazy. We just, They just showed that. And he was um, in What If 2, wasn't he? Well, the tentacles in What If have been rumored to be him, but we never saw like the full him. So uh, hopefully that's what that is. Yeah, this isn't Marvel's next big blockbuster then. And it's it's a little odd that we didn't get a post credit scene, like traditional post credit scene. Yeah. And it was just a trailer for another movie. But I'm glad we saw it. And hopefully we get a true multiverse of madness trailer uh, soon to kind of know what's coming. But yeah, that was cool. Yeah, I it was satisfying. It was satisfying mm-hmm. to have that come at the end and get more than just like a what is that or what's going on to get a little bit more of a trailer and actually get an idea of what really is coming and get a, a feel for the tone was awesome. So I, yeah. I was, it was worth sticking around for. Yeah, man, that was the end of the movie The to a movie that uh, just overall final thoughts. I fucking loved it. Yeah. Sorry to, sorry to swear. I love this movie. Uh, I thought it was, I thought it was great. Um, it was great yeah there was one of my favorite it was one of my favorite marvel movies like i'm just being honest and john watts the director did a great job he's directing fantastic four and now i know why marvel wanted that guy they they they've seen what he can do he's the guy doing that movie too and he's a great guy to have in their stable of directors because he made a great movie man he made a great movie yeah uh so loved it recommend it to anyone like i said if you're a spider-man fan you will love this movie yeah. uh especially if you loved the old movies if you're old guys like us been around running around since the year 2000 watching these comic book movies it's gonna hit you in all the nostalgic feels you're gonna love it uh kids younger than us if you you know have been curious and haven't watched these old spider-man movies go watch them because they're all good and they're all gonna pay off watching this movie you're gonna really appreciate it that much more go watch every spider-man movie you can spider-man is awesome go watch these movies it's a great time yeah and all the movies are good in their own way they all have their ups and downs and they're you know they all have their stinkers but it's still worth watching i don't regret watching spider-man 3 as many times as i've watched it yeah and I know, like I said, everyone shits on Amazing Spider-Man 2, but I still really like that movie. So um, <laughs> yeah. I think it's just a Gwen Stacy of it. That's just an image that's stuck in my head. And it's just this kind of just makes that movie what it was. I, I can see the flaws. But anyway, that's not what we're here to talk about. So well, and he got his redemption in this movie. And, like we yeah, talked about, and, that, so. and that made it even better. Like I said, you I'm wouldn't, grateful for having that. Yeah, you wouldn't have that moment in this movie without that moment in amazing spider-man too so it all works out in the end it worked out it yeah 100 percent worked out and it'll work out even more if you give me an andrew garfield spider-man with tom hardy venom movie road trip movie <laughs> give him a buddy movie and let him go fight somebody and oh yeah god that would be man it's a good great. time to be alive good time to <laughs> yeah. be alive i know i was i was eating breakfast this morning and i'm just sitting there waiting for this movie i'm like come on one o'clock baby steps to one o'clock and then my <laughs> chest started to hurt and i was like oh my god am i gonna have a heart attack for this movie <laughs> and i was like what if i died before i watched this movie <laughs> don't let it happen please don't, god don't let me die please, please don't <laughs> let me die and i'm still here so i'm glad i'm glad glad that we were able to do this but i'm sure because i have no idea because zoom doesn't give us a little clock here i'm sure we talked longer this is probably a record length 
episode but i think it deserved every minute because this was a great movie i'm pumped to see it again it's probably gonna be the first movie i buy on dvd in a long time because I'm, i have a feeling when it comes out i'm gonna be like give me that 4k blu-ray and i want to see those special features and i want to see some of that shit so i could see that coming so i'm very excited to watch it again but don i think that's gonna wrap us up so make sure you like subscribe and follow this podcast on all social media podcast services join the conversation at raise the geek on twitter or raise the geek at gmail.com and until next time i am chris and i'm don and thanks for listening to the raise the geek podcast where we all speak geek